for me and on the bottom line, pal. Iron Jones was plenty pissed. Oh, you know, he's got this killer rep, but it's a smokescreen. <laughs> his face, he's lost his teeth. The guy's a pussy. You're talking about the same Dick Jones? Hey, he's old, we're young, and that's life. <laughs> <laughs> executive for this company. I used to call the old man funny names. Iron Butt. Boner. Once I even called him asshole. But there was always respect. I always knew where the line was drawn. And you just stepped over it, buddy boy. You've insulted me, and you've insulted this company with that bastard creation of yours. I had a guaranteed military sale with Ed 209. Renovation program. Spare parts for 25 years. Who cares if it worked or not? The old man thought it was pretty important. Dick. You know... He's a sweet old man. And he means well. But he's not gonna live forever. And I'm number two around here. Pretty simple math, huh, Bob? You just fucked with the wrong guy. You got fucking mind. You better pray that that unholy monster of yours doesn't screw up. podcast here you are you're listening live we did not stream this week we had technical difficulties but 
be forewarned. We will be back next week better than ever with our streaming, and we will give you more information so that you can access it on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite social medias beyond Twitter and Periscope. Thank you very much. All right, let's get into it. Let's welcome in my, uh, I don't like compadres. I don't like that. Uh, Patriots? I was going to go. That was the next thing. Compatriots was the next term in my mind, but I don't like that either. How about a dear old friend, Travis Roy? There he is, live, Brighton, Michigan. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, good. The dog, is, oh, the dog is chewing on my shoe. Brand new shoe. That's not good. We are uh, all podcasting with our dogs. So far, mine is winning, and that hits me. That none of mine have made any noise. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm, go ahead. I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm also feeling pretty nostalgic. Uh, when we were growing up, there was a band called the Parka Kings that were a local uh, band. But you know, to, to us, they were rock stars, right? You oh, yeah. Yep. They're still the band that I think I've seen most <laughs> live in my life. And uh, learned today that the drummer, Tony B, passed away recently. Mm. Uh, the oh, young shit. Age. So feeling nostalgic. And listen to uh, their album, Bienvenidos, today, which you can hear on uh, YouTube and YouTube only. But the Parka Kings are an underappreciated band. And I, I thought about it. And other than bands I've been in, live musician drummer that i've danced to most of my life would have been tony b so um props to him and props to the parker kings that is uh you know i don't know the guy so i don't want to be disingenuous but that is certainly disappointing news yeah i couldn't have picked him out of the lineup but i mean yeah one of the best yeah, the Parker Kings were classic, man. Growing up in southeastern Michigan, going to the Flint local 432 oh, yeah. yep. or to, you know, any Bozo Palace in the area, the Token Lounge, whatever, you know. Yep. We, we saw uh, them everywhere. Yeah, I saw the Park Kings a few times, and they definitely were, they're always good. Their legacy will be fun, upbeat, good times, ska music that, uh, to me, transcends any era. And I'm be happy anytime somebody threw on a Parker Kings album, anytime, anyplace. So. Good call, Travis. Sorry to hear that. Uh, Tony B, rest easy. However, we're going to carry out. We're going to do the show for you, Tony. That's what we're going to do. I don't know if that means anything. Yeah, I don't know if it does either, but it's the medium (laughs) we have. This one's for Tony B. Yeah, so, you know, Scott for the brother, man. Uh, Eric Brandstrom, you're live from Griffith, Indiana. Do they allow Scott music in your town? Uh, Mustard Plug literally played at the shitty dive bar down the street a couple weeks ago. Did you go? No. COVID. Fucking shame. Oh, COVID. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> oh, COVID. Yeah, right. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful fall. It's classic Halloween. It literally looks like Haddonfield out my window because I got the <laughs> sidewalks. I got the little houses, the trees. But, uh, you know, I got to say, I went so extreme on my Hollywood decora- Halloween decorations that I literally had to pull back because, like, it was too frightening. I got, like, this <laughs> insane-looking psycho bitch with this long-ass tongue. And I've got like this, literally, the family across the street from me, like they have, they, they work for the church and they have this like huge Baptist bus that pulls up. And the windows are usually always open. The kids are looking out. The past like week, the shades have been shut. Like they're not allowed <laughs> to look at my house. So in a way, that's cool, but I kind of feel bad. It's fucking bizarre, man. Uh, <laughs> um, you're actually scared of your decorations. Like, come on, you can cut the theatrics. It's cool. Uh, I'm not scared, but I'm terrifying a sweet Christian family across the street. Well, then you're doing it right. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree with Travis. Yeah, goddamn right. I tell you what, uh, Aaron Worley, a friend of the show, Absolutely. loves his Halloween decorations. He's yeah, He goes bad. all out. He gets the smoke machines out there, like two of them mm-hmm. on a porch. 
and uh, he's got Star Wars. You know, he always throws Star Wars and everything. It's you know, Star Wars is such a bitch, such a you know marketing tool that they have Halloween Star Wars stuff. They got Christmas Halloween stuff you could put up, or yeah, it probably is. It's probably Christmas Halloween Star Wars stuff combined into one that you can just roll out there. But uh, he used to do it pretty right. Cobwebs, the classics, oh, throw yeah. it all over the trees, and I was that's fun. Gravestones, good times. Agreed. Halloween is for all of us. <laughs> that is a picture of yourself uh, yes. traumatizing a five-year-old little Baptist boy. <laughs> oh, and since you mentioned Haddonfield. I, satire. Don't do that. Nobody listens to the don't, show don't anyway, so I, I think Aaron will be fine with me telling the story. But you mentioned Haddonfield. Uh, me and Aaron and his daughter went and saw the – it was apparently a uh, – it was not a remake. It was like a continuation of the Halloween story two years ago, right? Yeah, the, the, the one that yeah. Danny McBride wrote. Yeah, uh, Halloween 40. Yeah. Whatever. Terrible. Like, yeah. terrible film. I, I don't we think saw, it's terrible. We saw the theater. I went with Aaron and his daughter, and we saw I I could not recall last time I saw a scary movie in a theater. I mean, it was probably Bordello of Blood. Did uh, you jump? <laughs> did, you, did you grab Aaron's hand? No. The thing is, is uh, uh Aaron was shit faced. <laughs> he was oh. just constantly oh. yelling things out. Like he was that guy, and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh shit!" Like, and there was like ten people in the theater, and I was sober, and I was like, "This is awful. This is so awkward." I I assumed we we're gonna get kicked out any minute. I assumed it was over, but nobody cared because it was at literally Halloween night, and apparently, like anything goes in a movie theater when you oh. see Halloween on Halloween night. And yeah. I walked out of the theater. I'm not kidding. About forty five minutes in, I couldn't tear. I couldn't bear like the awkwardness <laughs> well, I, I just walked so, out. so humiliated you had to walk out well, I, I, I mean I, I was dead sober i was i'm like this is oh god i can't bear this and like so i just waited for him to get kicked out he never got kicked out i went back in and he was laughing his ass off it's halloween about, it's halloween right. on halloween i mean like and if there, there's I learned one something. genre that kind of allows crowd participation, it's it's definitely like horror along with comedy. But like you get a, like a good horror comedy or just you know something really chills you into the bones, and that kind of stuff makes the movie more fun, in my opinion, when it comes to horror. <laughs> well, you know what hey. doesn't make a movie fun is going into a movie wasted, like drunk. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I I've gone in under other conditions and had decent times. Um, but going in drunk, like you, you, you want to pee the whole time. You have a really hard time keeping track of what the fuck's going on. Don't yeah, remember War it very well. Five times to the bathroom. Oh, Patience I was, I was with you with War of the Worlds. Yep. It was, it was yep. opening night, busy as fuck. Yep. Five my my, my thimble-sized bladder, like not doing me any favors that night. Sitting in He's the middle not of kidding the... about that thimble-sized bladder. Oh, us. yeah, it's, it's true. They, they need uh, to I, uh... all of the uh, the <laughs> so they I saw, yeah, I saw Road Trip on LSD in the theater. I remember that. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw Sixth Sense on LSD. That was that was oh, a way to do oh it. Wow, that is dude, I wouldn't mind seeing like like Amy Smart like melting in front of my very eyes, like all green <laughs> Amy Smart. I, I Brecken Myers, seeing... goofy, oh. innocent grin. Hey, what me? You know, I want to see Amy Smart under any condition. Like DJ Qualls, like tapping you on the shoulder, being all like green and melty. And, God, yeah. remember DJ Qualls? That yeah, was a thing. Yeah. For, he even had his own movie, what, the guy or something like yeah. that. He's, yeah, the, the new guy. guy. He's still the around. He's still acting. He came out recently. He was just in the news. Okay. Well, DJ Qualls, we salute yeah. you. Yeah, we. Yeah, we do. We'll add and, you to the list of people we're doing the show for. He's <laughs> he's aged well. He looks the exact fucking same. Yeah, I can see that. He seems like the kind of guy who would just be this, you know. <laughs> That, yeah, that, that, that age forever. Lifelong gangly fuck. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, I hope uh, you enjoyed those stories about Halloween. Uh, Halloween's coming up. Uh, I bet one of you assholes is going to pick a Halloween movie. I know it's going to happen because in what? the next two weeks, no. we're going to go back to the rotation of Travis, Eric, then me. And so then Travis and Eric will have control of the next two weeks. And I know. Strap in, Michael. I'm just going to have to accept it. It's fine. I will do my duty because I'm a professional. So even though we don't get paid, we're not real professionals. Anyways. It's that time of the year, bud. And it also, is that time of the year. I love also, Halloween. Yeah. I love Halloween. Yeah. So there you go. And expect it in uh, December, too, because I don't know whenever the uh, the the winter comes oh. and the, the time between the, the area between the, the worlds gets thin. I don't know, man. I, I get super into horror movies in December, and that's all I want to oh, do. We, we, oh, God. So we expect some more thing, around uh, that time. What's that alternative horror Christmas thing called? Krampus. Like, yes, Krampus. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, We're I see Krampus in our future. Something like Ooh, that. I don't know that I would call that a classic. That I need or to see Christmas the with the Cranks. That's a horror movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dig something. Okay. Up, sure. Well, we'll look forward to that. This is the Cinema Nine podcast, and we haven't even mentioned it yet. Our main focus on the show will be RoboCop oh, by God. demand. The listeners demanded oh. it. They wanted us to dive into RoboCop. Does it hold up? That's what we will do in just a few short moments but uh first yeah we want to check in we want to check in with our quarantine viewing suggestions they're always here and they're great and <laughs> i gotta tell you these guys have uh, some recommendations i mean you know guarding tests that was not one i listened to i, I didn't recommend I that one i just said i liked it you know i didn't recommend it what for, well, for the record i i assume if you share it then you are implying that it's a recommendation, but I guess I shouldn't do that. No, no. I usually I'll tell you what I watched and then like do like you know like a, a recommendation or two in there. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want a Nick Cage movie from the '90s that's before he went completely off his rocker in the best way, um, you know, Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that's not very good. Trapped in Paradise. That that is good. That's a great Christmas movie. Hey, <laughs> seven nights. Um, but I, yeah, so I, I watched some movies this weekend, uh, or this week, mostly over the weekend. I, I watched uh, House of the Devil, which was speaking mm. to a friend of the show, Aaron Worley. Um, uh, he recommended that movie, and I watched it. And uh, ah, I, I feel like it uh -oh. probably would have not fared really well on the podcast, like us uh, uh, approaching it critically, it would not have done that great. I, I enjoyed it okay. Eric, you can go ahead and cry and your fucking whine about it if you want, but uh, I thought it was I thought it was a forty minute movie wedged into an hour and a half. And, uh, <laughs> there you go. That is not a ringing endorsement, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I was. I mean, I like T West movies, but this one was, was it was no Innkeepers. So, oh, yeah. uh, um, I love Innkeepers. Innkeepers is just fucking great. That's what I'm saying. It, it was no Innkeepers. Um, but I also uh, I didn't watch much else because I've I've been just blurring through the haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, which I said when um, the house on haunt was a house on what was the first one house haunted of Hill House. Um, I said when that you know when they said they were going to do a second season, I said if it's half as good as the first season, I'm going to love it, and that's about how I feel. I do love it. It's about half as good as the first season. It's a TV um, show. Yeah, there's a TV series. show on Netflix. This is the new Mike, Fl but Mike Flanagan only directs one episode, and it shows. You can tell. Um, uh, and then also, I went camping with our with our friend Eric Brandstrom this weekend, and, and many other good old friends. Uh, a yearly event that we call the Fest. Mike, if you're welcome to come next year, um, I'll we be watched. There. Good. Yeah, we watched. Uh, we watched Roadhouse. We watched Mandy, and we watched uh, RoboCop one, two, and three. And then 
after we watched RoboCop 1, 2, and 3 this weekend, we found out that we were watching it again for the podcast, which I dutifully watched last night again. Yeah, you did? Well, I can't believe you watched it again. You That's have amazing. To. That is well, dutiful. <laughs> well, you know, we, we watched it under conditions of drinking and, and, and you know, just kind of having it on. It wasn't shouting, uh, chance. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, making, you know, screaming lines at the at the movie as it went along that kind of thing very par- participatory experience you know that yes. wasn't quite the cerebral endeavor like halloween on halloween night precisely exactly but yeah so that's what that's what i watched I, I i would say out of those if i had to recommend anything i guess the haunting of blind manor although i'd recommend the haunting of hill house hill house before that if you haven't seen that I'm pretty confident I'll never watch any of those. But that doesn't mean they're not good, though. That does not mean that. Don't let my bias get in the way, folks. I know you're out there, horror fans. Dive in and live the dream. All right, Griffith, Indiana, what do you got? House of the Devil is so fucking good, Travis. Come on now. I love a disagreement on this. (laughs) Well, that's my bias because I could watch Greta Gerwig cook like spaghetti. No. Spaghetti. Like, think about the spaghetti. And I disagree with that. Spaghetti again, like strongly five hours. Strongly disagree. Yeah, okay. I'll jump I in like, on that part. I think she's a really talented director. Yeah, excited to see what she does there. Yeah, uh, and I don't think that she's a bad actor by any stretch of the imagination. I think she's really natural. Yes. but I mean, but she wasn't that major of a character for one, and um, for two, that's a there's a there's a lot of people just or of, 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 there's a lot of footage of just a girl dancing around. Just, oh, just dancing, just running around, dancing around. And the opening, what do you mean that part? So it's, there's parts. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, I got a lot of time to kill to make this a feature length film. I better put in more footage of her dancing around. I watched The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yes! <laughs> yes! That, that movie has a lot of sentimental value to me. This is a Curtis Hansen vehicle from 93. Mike, help me out here. Come on. Now. I know you ran into that movie times. I, 90, I would say 91, but, uh, 92. I would say a little earlier. It's a we'll really fun it came out, Actually, Travis is right because it came out in 91 and I watched it on VHS in 92. That's yeah. my best guess. I mean, yep. who could Oh, forget? I was right. I was I mean, right. 92. I got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when this was like at Brighton Cinema. I was like, "Well, what, what's that?" Like, I wasn't allowed to see it or something. But I mean, listen, this, two this beautiful is a... women. Annabella Sciorra is one of my all-time Dude, dream girls. Annabella Sciorra so is so drop dead gorgeous, but she's yes. also like very interesting to watch. Remember her turn on The Sopranos and like mm-hmm. where, Jungle where is Fever, Popland. Where Where is she? Like, I Glorious. guarantee she is still so beautiful. Last time so I remember was on The Sopranos, talented. and that was yeah, me too. The 2000s. She, she was um, in the. She's mostly been active in the news again lately. Um, oh, oh yes, yes, Har- yes, Harvey oh, Weinstein. Right. She was really right, active yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, so that actually, makes God sense. bless her. Yeah. Yeah. But so, she was yeah. fucking incredible on The Sopranos, and I don't love The Sopranos as much as Travis does. But her role was oh yeah, it showed her range. So good. Uh, she's she's you know she's she's good in this. I I was never I never really got like the Rebecca De Mornay thing, but she's genuinely creepy as a psycho old pair who fucks up the lives of this young couple. And it, it, what about it's Matt McCoy though. Matt McCoy is the classic <laughs> everyman. It's so it, funny. He spends way too much time acting like he doesn't give a fuck that this gorgeous woman is like, hanging out in his house. Um, <laughs> But we got to, like most interesting to me. We we got Ernie Hudson as Solomon, like this Italian man. He, you never go full. Listen, he's straight up good, man. Where was this dude when they were casting radio? Ernie Hudson, solid performance in a mentally challenged role. He goes full, and it pulls out. I mean, it's solid. 
I would disagree. I feel like he does a honest performance. Subtle. He doesn't try to ham it up either. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree. It's, it's I remember it being like, okay, this makes sense for the role, and he's not trying to be like Sean Penn in I Am Sam. Push it, man. It's no radio. I give you a no radio guarantee on this one. Yeah, radio's okay. uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I watched uh, the conspirator. I've, I've watched like ten like documentaries on like. Oh, is that uh, Cranston? Of, uh, oh, that's a documentary. This is uh, Bob Redford's uh, take on the Marie Surratt. Uh, oh you know, yeah, story yeah, yeah, yeah. from the. I watch that. Really I've been wanting to watch this forever, but I keep staying away because Robert Redford's movies to me are just so consistently boring. So I could never pull the trigger. <laughs> what about the old man Quiz and the gun? Show. Did you see Listen, that one? I saw it boring. Even Quiz Show is a little stodgy when you. He see didn't that. direct Old Man and the Gun, but uh, I thought it. Was oh, okay. he didn't. But, okay, but go, but go back. Go ahead, Eric. Um, Quiz Show is yeah. Quiz Show is being honest about what it is, though. Of course, it's dry, but it's yeah. very, very well done technically, and I love Quiz Show. So I'm just want to throw that out there. This is another abominable effort from this uh, legendary actor. But, um, you know, I, I had such high hopes because I've been waiting for a story about Maurice Ruffer forever and the whole conspiracy and uh, George Ag- Azelrod and all this stuff. But we've got like, you ever watch like a, you ever, wa- you ever watch like a, like the History Channel and like they, like they're like, hey, whatever happened to like uh, uh, John Wilkes Booth's Derringer? Like, does that still exist? So they're like dramatize like the, like the the killing at Ford's Theater, like this is worse than the, those dramatizations. It's it's so bad. The History Channel edited, god man. awful. Any nah. self respecting historian would never watch a second of the History Channel. Listen, is that fair to say, Travis? This film's terrible. That, that that'd be fair to say. I I, I disagree with uh, your with your uh, roundup of the film, though. I mean, I I, I agree that it's it's dull. It's a fucking dull it's movie. Beyond dull. It's monotonous. Um, paint dry. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't heartily recommend it by any means. But I thought it. I thought it had a uh, authentic feel to it. Kevin Klein wasted as uh, Kevin Klein. Uh, Disappointed. Yeah, he he made a good Edwin Stanton, but you're, you're uh, right. There was not a lot for Chris him to McGill do. Killed it in Lincoln, which I had to watch right after just to like cleanse my palate. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That did not work for me. I, I, I watched Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and then I felt great. Listen, I've been I've been Lincoln mode lately. I can't explain it, but the conspirator thumbs down for me. Okay, well, that's good to know. I forgot about that film about the whole inside story. I yeah. wanted to watch oh, it. God, now yeah. you've turned. Travis says he likes it. I, I thought it was worth seeing. I wouldn't watch it again. Okay, worth seeing. Good. That's good enough for me. I'll. I should probably at least see it. So. Is that it, it, Eric? That's it. it. All right. Uh, By the way, so the Hand the Rocks of Cradle, that was the movie we rented from (laughs) Movie Land. (laughs) Movie Uh, Land, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Whiskey Land. I knew you rented from Movie Land. Movie Land rental. Are you about to tell us when you paused it and like... No, 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 Please, no, no, not again. There we go. First off, I was... It was 92. I was barely 12 years old. I was oh. not doing that yet. I was. Are we going to get into the chronological order of your uh, anatomy? No, I was a late. <laughs> fucking God. I was a late bloomer. Let me get to the point. Anyways, we rented. We rented the Hand the Rocks of Cradle. And we got La Pizza. A Friday night with La Pizza. La Pizza. Oh, La wow. Pizza. Classic. Fried chicken and some uh, two liters. <laughs> Spending the night at Matt Simiak's house. <laughs> with Here Mike we go, me, Mike, Mike Neal, and Matt Simiak. Yep, seventh Matt grade. Simiak. I believe it was in seventh grade. Take a picture and, uh, of your basement and uh, <laughs> show us where the pizza happened. This is where <laughs> the night where I had the concussion, where I tried to swing from the rafters, and I fell and uh, got knocked out, and I pissed myself and had a, I stayed in the hospital for four days. <laughs> I now that. I realize this changed my life. Like, this was a major... 
I swung parallel with the ceiling, fell all the way down to the concrete, hit my head directly, and just was out. It's like falling into the ocean. It's so weird. You think back, it's like it didn't even hurt, but you're out. And I was soaking wet with piss when I woke up a couple minutes later. Fortunately, my mom lived right next door. We lived right next door. So that was, uh, I'll never forget the hand that rocks the cradle. And I threw up. The reason I remember the food is because I puked it up a couple hours ago. So there you go. Hand the rocks the cradle. We didn't even finish the film. So that's the worst part. That is the worst. The worst part of that story. <laughs> that's the worst yeah. part. That's so stupid. Yeah. Clearly. Okay. Is, that, is that La Pizza being vomited up? <laughs> I love La Pizza. They had ice cream too. We used to get ice cream scones there. It was great. I like All that. right. What, uh, what was Heartland what? Pizza? The one, the one, uh, the, the one like down by the elementary school, like in Heartland what? proper. Heartland oh, that Village, was Village Pizza. Heartland Village Movie Market Heartland. Pizza, Village. I believe it was called. Yeah. called? Village Heartland Village Movie was, Market uh, Pizza. It was Pizza One by me and uh, Heine oh, and Old yeah. 23. That was a classic. Great Italian sausage. Underrated. Not bad. That was by a, uh, Golfland. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Golfarama. They Golf had a video Rama, store right. in uh, Heartland Movie Market Pizza. I remember renting Rat Boy and, and eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking, you guys remember that movie, Rat Boy? Rest in peace. I, I'm writing that down right now. Uh, I don't think I've seen it, and I want to see it. So you will not believe this preview. Sandra Lock, great female director, gorgeous woman, Clint Eastwood's ex-wife. Rat boy. Conspirator and rat, rat boy. boy. That's what I'm learning. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I mentioned at the show last week, we didn't get to talk about it. So I finally saw Being John Malkovich a couple weeks ago. I'd never seen it. I mean, what a bizarre ass. You Bring know it. it's bizarre. You know there's a little door. I knew that. Okay, there's a door, and you're going into his mind. That was, like, already a teaser. I knew that. But I, sure. didn't, you know, I didn't know that, like... <laughs> So she gets locked in a cage for days and like they really get hardcore and like obsessed oh, yeah. with all people Catherine Keener which to me is funny because even to herself she said she didn't think she was believable in the role and I, I kind of agreed with her I'm like she's not like this sex pot that these two people were so obsessed with her would fight over John Malkovich's eyes to be able to have sex with her I had no idea that's where this movie was going and then hey. when it's Malkovich, Malkovich, I laughed really hard. That was so it's, great. A, Mal- a small office with six foot floors. You'd be surprised. Yeah, the whole Lester Corp thing. I mean, it's or, just like, uh, what the- Mary Kay Place, like not able to understand English. <laughs> or TV, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, they're trying to fuck with you from the beginning. And uh, eventually it all starts to make sense. And it becomes really a story about not getting with, you know, things you want and you can't have them and love Lorne and it, it ends up becoming quite Kaufman-esque I would dare say by the end of it and uh yeah the fact oh, yeah. that they push it so hard that he gets this, he learns how to stay in his body and it becomes this whole new Malcolm the puppeteer and they they created this whole documentary within the movie it's so funny Charlie God. Sheen blows in <laughs> yeah he's his buddy Chuck Sheen hey what if I said we could live forever the what, was it, what do they uh, call him the machine machine and Malcatron or Malcolm yeah, yeah. Malcatraz or Malcatron? Malcatraz. In in development hell for like four years, I literally and very distinctly remember telling you, Travis, the the plot of this in 1995, Mrs. Holman's science class. I said, Travis, they're going to come out with this movie about like John Malkovich, like they get into his head. And it was like it was like four years later when they actually got around. You really didn't it. want to do it, from what I've read. Yeah. Like he yeah. he tried to adamantly push for Tom Cruise or more yeah. popular people, and he finally was like talked into it. And he was perfect. He was so good. And uh, maybe I should have saved this for our Cusack segment, which we're going to do momentarily. But I I just wanted to talk about it because I watched it. I'd never seen it. I know I'm way late to the party, but it's a hell of a film. Cameron Diaz so good, and it's just such an underappreciated actor. Yeah, it's really one of the best performances, if not the best performance of her career. But also 
so let's take a quick moment to note that you and I were like 14, 15 year old kids <laughs> yeah, that yeah. were just huge John Malkovich fans. John Malkovich fans. <laughs> valid. I mean, he had a pretty solid career by then. He, he did. But was, we were like children. <laughs> we were pretty young. I mean, because we were like, because we were like, you know, we were already into Jeff Bridges. Yeah, but he like, was, we mentioned I mean, before. he went back to the killing fields. He was in the killing field. I mean, his uh, yeah. career was established in the 80s. So I think it's fair. But I'm I don't not think saying it wasn't established. I'm saying that we were fucking. About John Malkovich and like, uh, I don't think it's that weird to be fans of that age. That's my point. I, I I'm just I'm just saying I don't know that a lot of people in our in our classroom were discussing the works oh. of John Malkovich. Okay, that's like, true. I don't that's mean true. to be presumptive. If but... you're gonna put it like that, yes, that's fine. I will agree with that. And like wow. I said, I watched the way. I finally watched it because if I I was so blown away by uh, the, public, the public, I'm like, well, I, want, well, I got to see what the way is about. And the way is um, it's not as good as the public. If we're gonna do good or better or less than or more. Was it after? It was it's between... 2010. It's way much before. It's really um, it's between four Bobby years after. And... Yeah. yeah. Bobby was 06. He does The Way in 10. It stars his father, Martin Sheen. So it's all about Martin Sheen, really. And uh, it's an honest tale. And it's heartfelt. And it's all very serious. But they try. I mean, it's about a. It's a. It's not a road trip movie, but it's about a, a trip. So the way is a trip. So I'll just say that. So anyways, check it out. It's definitely worth seeing. Uh, it's not the most amazing film ever. The public was much more impactful. I will I say that. that. Uh, I know it, this is not us. This is a cinema show, Cinema 9. But yes, thank fucking you. Dog I, have, out of here. <laughs> I have to say, a show hit me so hard that I have to mention it. And I wasn't expecting it. But the fucking morning show on all things Apple Plus is oh. fucking incredible. I couldn't stop watching it. Like I, I don't, I don't say this often, but I could not. I w- couldn't wait for the next episode. It's ten episodes, and wow. I just plowed through it. I couldn't. I couldn't wait. I didn't want to wait to find out. I wanted to oh. find out immediately what happened on the next episode, and then it was over. And Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, probably the best I've seen her that since like Good Girl, way back oh, in the day. Jennifer Aniston is outstanding in this show. Oh, she was and- so good in Cake. Oh yeah, yeah, she's good in cake. That's true. Um, this is basically, it's not a, a ripoff, but it's kind of a, like a Matt Lauer. Steve Carell plays like the Matt Lauer, and okay. so this is about me too, okay. but it's also about power and trying to do the right thing when okay. you have all this power and you get all this money and glory, but then like people's lives are really being a. It's it's very good. And you got Duplass in it. So it's quite, I love the people that are cast. Yeah, Duplass is the executive producer of the show who's trying to do right with Steve Carell being the douchebag, which is great. That's He's perfect. really good. And then I want yeah, to see Aniston him in that Reese, role. Yeah, that's what's so great about it. He's fucking devious, man. So I, I just want to strongly recommend the morning show. It might seem like a hey, Apple blew a ton of money to try to get credibility, but it's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. So I'm I'm gonna watch it, but pretty much based on that, because I mean, like I, I've I've heard good things about it, but learning that Corell is p- basically playing the bad guy makes yeah. me very curious. God, I, I wish that they pushed that forward a little better. I would have probably yeah. already watched it. Yeah. I had assumed it was like a comedy, like the Morning Glory with like Harrison Ford and uh, Rachel McAdams. Like I did, I, they really failed at that the marketing. Like I didn't have any <laughs> idea what I thought it was about a comedy about a morning show, like yeah, that movie, The Morning Glory. So, but I mean, there how, might be a couple jokes, you, but it's definitely a drama. You have to get Apple TV. Do I got to get into a whole Apple, like plus? Uh, I don't know if I can do another plus. I don't. Yeah, I'm not saying anybody should ever do that. I mean, I, it came with my I iPhone. It was, Fuck it. I okay. Maybe I'm wrong. You could double check on this, but they were giving it out for free during COVID. So 
I got it. During, I don't know if that's still a thing. So double, I'm not kidding. Apple Plus is like, hey, watch it for free. Watch our stuff for free because COVID's happening. Right. So double check on that if that's still a thing. If not, then yeah. I don't I'm happy because I was getting a little worried about my buddy Steve Carell after turning in Powerhouse Performance, Big Short. Oh, yeah. Mel- like, Welcome to Marwin was kind of – I didn't see it, but it got panned, uh, I know. I, I will, so I will see documentary. it. Yeah, I will you see will Welcome see to Marwin, but but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't exactly rush. That is one of my favorite, top, top favorite <laughs> documentaries of the 2010s. Is the the story of that that gentleman, uh, but the movie I hear just really fucked it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, and uh, and I watched uh, Met at Work, a tribute to Travis. I was like, Fuck oh yeah, it. so I, someone threw away a perfectly good white boy. <laughs> that's something that I remembered. But it, yeah. it's it's much different. It, when you see men at work when you're 12 versus when you're 40 I will so <laughs> okay it's a whole new world because it's, it's like such about... a fucking weird movie like you're like it seriously is. you're kidnapping the goddamn pizza <laughs> delivery guy now I'm, I'm rooting for you but you're you're kidnapping someone now for no reason yeah. and it's about like environmental shit before yeah. environmental shit was cool so that's interesting yeah. as well <laughs> i love that movie dude <laughs> I, I mean I, i'm not good it's all yours um but the movie i wanted to mention that I hadn't seen in forever, and I forgot. It's such a part of me. It's such a part of me. The fucking chase from 1994 with Charlie Sheen. There it Sheen. is. There it is. Christy Swanson. Oh, my God. Me. I watched the shit out of it, and I hadn't seen it in 20-plus years. And it's, okay, it's not ideal now. I highly doubt a captor and a make love on the road while they're stuck in a chase. But fornicating at 65 miles so? per hour, is that yeah, a good idea? Yeah. God, that's fucking dumb. But the rest of it, the sarcasm, fucking Henry Rollins and fucking Flea and Anthony Keaton showing up, and it's just, and and the take on the fact that yep. news is what it is today. It 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 was very prophetic in the way it looks at how news handles the situation. And it's, this is what it's become. It's Chase. slowly happening in that period. I I love the movie. It was like Charlie Sheen's kind of last great ride. If you could look at his IMDb, like yeah. 1994 things. Yep. Things went south almost directly. I, mean, I, I did the same. I watched the hell out of that movie. I don't the know theater, how I feel about it now. Cinema. Uh, was that, was, didn't Henry Rollins play a cop in that Henry movie? Henry Rollins. Such good casting. The, the principal from uh, uh, Billy Madison. They're the two cops. And then the asshole guys oh, are Josh the Marcel. cops the TV show, the ripoff of a cop's TV show, and that director guy is such a douchebag. It's funny. It's funny. Uh, yeah, Josh it's Mustel. Funny movie. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. Thank you. So... Uh, it was good to check in on that. Uh, it gets hammered on IMDb. It's like a 5.8 or something. But personally, it just takes me back to uh, well, that period. It's so 90s. So nice. 5.8. And Ray not- Wise. And Ray Wise is in it, by the way. Ray Wise. Hey, speaking of. Ray Wise. Um, you know, 5.8 is not that bad compared to every movie practically that John Cusack has done for the past 20 years. Let's do it. You guys ready to jump in? I went through his eye. Yeah, I went through his IMDb and man, like it's there's a lot of fours. <laughs> there's a lot of fours, four point fives. There's some hidden gems. I'm I'm looking I mean, forward to this conversation. Yeah. So let's okay, so let's dive into it. We had an email from a loyal listener, Derek. He says, Hello there, gentlemen, longtime listener, first time emailer. I would first like to say <laughs> I love is. listening to the podcast and laugh along with all of you in your critiques. And- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, cool. Derek. I appreciate that. I'd like to suggest a movie as a listener pick. Uh, he did do that with High Fidelity. It did not win. I'm sorry. Um, if it isn't chosen, I'd like to suggest a topic for the opening segment, as he is an actor that has been touched upon previously by all of you. My suggestion is top two Cusack movies, performances. No, oh, top two movies, not performances. He's very clear. Oh, right. 
bottom two Cusack movies. So, so he's focusing on the movies, like Travis said, with the ratings. So uh, Derek says, it might be fun, or I just might have a special place in my heart for him and the movies he's been a part of. Either way, I know I'm not as knowledgeable in the technicals as you three when it comes to everything movies. I don't know about that, Derek. But I have a special appreciation for them that perhaps surpasses most. And I'd love to be considered at one point for a guest spot if it seems to fit. Oh, <laughs> all right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll, see, yeah. buddy. we'll see, buddy. We'll see, buddy. I say submission? yes. Eric's not a yeah. true friend, though, so he says maybe. I give me three cushions, fan. No, I no talk, amigo, way back. <laughs> Uh, for the record, uh, Eric can confirm. Over the weekend, I was just standing standing there in the middle of doing something, and I thought of the phrase three cushions fan, no lights, no talk" ten thirty, which is what we used to call Derek back in the day because he would always need three cushions, a fan, no lights, and no talking. We went to bed at ten thirty, and I just started laughing my ass off in the middle of nowhere. That's great. All right. Well, yeah. Um, Derek, yeah, I think we're very interested in that. Submitted for your consideration, Derek. Thank you very much, and. Uh, I'm sure we'd love to have you on. If you want to be on the show, we'll find a way. We will get you in there. Anybody who has a passion for film, a friend of ours, friend of mine. A passion so. for the Christ, whatever. We'll, we'll oh, my God. There. If someone picks that movie, I, I might boycott. Well, I've actually never seen it, so maybe I'll finally watch it. Um, well, now someone has to recommend it. All right, so let's get to it. You want to do the two worst or the two best first? So we're doing the two worst John Cusack movies? Is that what it is? That is what it is. Um, I had a really hard time with uh, with picking the, the the worst movies. Wait, you just rattled off a bunch of terrible IMDb yeah, ratings. But, but I don't. I haven't. I haven't watched them. I'm like, much uh, more uh, comfortable like praising this man's career than just tossing out and talking ad nauseum about trash. Yeah. So well, I actually I actually have some. I'm, I was going to go a different way here. Uh, no offense. What do you want to do? The great D Rock Fern. I was going to talk about a couple underrated uh, ones that from his crappy era. Um, and That's fine. A couple, and a couple classics that I th that are my favorites. Okay, you do give us two from your uh, categorization. I'm going to stick the letter of the law for Derek, but you do as you please. So, um, one of the movies I'm going to recommend, I've already recommended on the show. I just haven't mentioned that he was in it, and that's 2017's Arsenal. Yes, that's right. I'm bringing up Arsenal again <laughs> because no John idea. Cusack is in Ar Arsenal playing a fucking scumbag cop. Um, and he does, is. he does a fine, he does a fine job with it. And it's always a pleasure to see him interact with his regular counterpart, Nick Cage. Um, and he's not in there that much, but, uh, it's a, it's, it's a fun gem if you like shitty movies. And since I'm, since I wanted to pick something that was kind of, you know, not great, but, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to pick a shitty movie of his. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see the fucking Edgar Allan Poe movie. It looked terrible. I'm not going to do it. Um, but I did see Arsenal and it was worth seeing. So. That's my recommendation for for that's number one for my bad ones. All right, why don't you give us? We'll do two a piece here. Keep it All more right, chunky. Get it out of the way. Yeah, well, give us my, another one. Believe it or not, oh. my other recommendation is also John Cusack and Nick Cage uh, working together. Wow! And it's not Con Air because I think that movie is kind of shitty. I know I'm not. I know I'm in the minority opinion there, but there's a movie um, from let's see from 2013 called The Frozen Ground. Yeah. Uh, which yep. is a uh, decent little thriller. Uh, both yep. of them kind of like doing subdued performances. Nick Cage is not going over the top. He just plays like a straightforward cop. And uh, Cusack is playing a real life serial killer, Robert Hansen, who used to yep. like basically hunt people in Alaska. So he weird. Like, he would like set them loose in like the wilderness and then hunt them. And mm. he is really creepy. It's a really good performance. He's it's very, uh, um, 
it's a chilling kind of performance for him and a different role for him. So uh, yeah. I would recommend that one. Okay, I like that. Underrated Cusacks, uh, that's good. I, I'm, I'm glad that we're going different directions. Uh, Eric, give us two. Tell us what the categorization is. Listen, man, I lived in Chicago for five years. This is Chicago, uh, Cusack's home city. He lives there. And it was known that he would bite your head off if you so much as looked at him in public. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, fame can do strange things to people. And Lord knows this is one strange motherfucker but takes the privacy I, seriously that's fine when i went back and looked at this man's filmography it, it, it's just so interesting because he goes from this fast fun talking like teenager into these edgy perpetually existential like mid-30s guys uh and then after like the 2010s they really don't know what to do with them so you get just a whole variance of variances of roles in these different genres and such but there are some great hidden gems in there. Um, one of my favorites is uh, Grace and Grace is Gone from 2007 uh, drama where he plays this disconnected father trying to deal with the death of his wife, who was a soldier who was killed in, I- in Iraq. Hmm. This quiet, powerful character study. He's fucking amazing in it. No one saw this in 2007. Didn't cause any stir when it was released. Clint Eastwood does the score, and he's a he's a beautiful musician. Uh, the only film he's ever scored that he didn't direct, and uh, it accompanies just a really beautiful film and a great nuanced, quiet uh, performance by John Cusack. So that's my, you know, that's definitely one of my top three picks for underrated John Cusack. Okay, what's the other one? Oh, Trash would be the Raven. Wait, wait, are you are you doing two of each or no? I've got so much to say, so I, I, I you know, I prefer to do like good stuff. I'll yeah, why don't you give trash, us the, give us a second good one, and then we'll adult, come adult back on world. The adult world from 2014 is fucking so good. It's criminally underrated little black comedy from 2014. The luminous Emma Roberts, who I don't think gets enough credit as a oh, she's really good. fun actress. By the way, do you uh, remember the character's name of John Cusack in this movie? <laughs> All I remember is shit poetry. Did you see it? Rat Billings is the character. <laughs> yes, Travis got it. You guys know the film? I've never heard of oh. it. I'm looking at it. On, on, I've never even heard of it. I'm looking at it. I, I love right Adult I've never World. Seen it, but Rat Billings no stands out immediately. So. But watch, good. watch Adult World. Uh, he plays this like would-be mentor to this writer, Emma Roberts. Director Scott Coffey petered out of nowhere after this. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't get Cloris any fans here. Sorry. Got Cloris Leachman in here, too. That's fun. Hmm. Sharply written, sexy story about the dangers of idolization and disillusion. John Cusack is perfectly nuanced in this in this quiet, sardonic role. So good. Excellent. Okay, that's good. That's rock solid. Uh, my two for his best movies, I would have to say, it's just personal choice, Derek. You're asking me, so I got to go with Better Off Dead. It's just oh. so good. It's one of my favorite. I mean, it's <laughs> somehow oh, God. Savage Steve oh, Holland was a thing once upon a time, and he struck gold with this movie, and it's funny as hell, and Cusack is just playing this guy who can't he can't catch a break. But, uh, you know, in the end, it all works out. And, I mean, it's not like a powerhouse performance or anything, but in terms of a movie I enjoy and I like to watch repeatedly, Better Off Dead will always be a part of that. And that's, that's really tight competition with a couple others. And... The second one by a nose. This is really hard because you made it two. Is that, I got it's got to be gross point blank. It's just so 
So good. I love his dark comedies, and he really kind of, to me, started to create this trend with that film by playing that role and yeah. the serial hitman who's got issues with the... I mean, if you look at it from a certain aspect, somebody could say that, you know, hey, they watched that movie and got inspired to write The Sopranos. I'm not saying that's what David Chase did. I can't prove that, but you know, I could see it happening. You know, it's a great fucking film, and that's it. It's that simple. I love the comedy. I love the actors and all the casting. Those are the top two. It was tough. Very, very tough to leave out saying. I mean, so. what, dude, whatever happened to Savage Steed Holland? Because he does better off dead than he well, does he, Eat the Cat, which was hilarious. But he and followed it up been like, with another movie. That, it was called like about getting into school, like how I got into college or how something. How I got into college. With, it's uh, terrible. With the dude from uh, from the quiz show, I believe. Uh, yeah. Um, that's right. Name. Yeah. It was, it was not exposure. good. I, I kind of like that movie. All right. Or at least I liked it when I was a kid. I don't know if it would hold up now. Well, um, I watched it like three years ago for the first time, and I'm oh, like, ah, oh, this is certainly no better off dead. It's trying and failing. So that's just yeah. my take on it. I'll never forget when we rented Better Off Dead from Universal Sight and Sound of Bright, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, no, it was uh, Grand River and Hacker. But my parents like saw like the cartoons that they put on the Carver box. They checked on us five minutes into the film, and a teenager's literally trying to hang himself in his garage. It's That's a correct. fucking bleak movie, and uh, um, if I'm gonna pick my favorite uh, Cusack movies, I gotta say 1985's Better Off Dead is <gasps> uh, is on my list as well. I uh, this is the movie that made me a lifelong fan of him. I, I it's I was torn between this and High Fidelity. I mean, High Fidelity is so good, but like this yeah. movie is the one that made me uh, it made me a fan. And I watched it recently, and it holds up really good. And it's so fucking dark. When I think of like some, when I look back, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why am I so weird? And I think, oh yeah, I started reading Stephen King at nine and shit like that. <laughs> um, I think of Better Off Dead and how I watched the hell. I mean, I absorbed that movie. I just watched it so much and never even questioned like the the Beth hangers, for instance, his obsession with Beth. Like I just thought, yeah. oh, this is normal. I'll be like that too. <laughs> Healthy. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would give it up to that. And mm -hmm. if I'm not picking High Fidelity, which I'm obviously giving an honorable mention, I've got to pick my one of my favorite movies of all time um, from 1994 is The Road to Wellville. Wow, I just love this movie so much. It's such a a fun period piece, and he is like the third main character after Matthew Broderick and uh, um, I'm blanking on her name, Bridget Fonda. Um, oh, but uh, Mm. Uh, who did i don't think it was peter weir i have to it look was yeah it was one of these oddball guys and just came yeah, and it, went yeah it's oh, a guy okay. it's uh, alan parker not not exactly came and yeah. went i mean he did mississippi burning he did midnight uh that's he true. did uh he midnight did express that's the one with anthony uh, hopkins right commitments yeah he alan, yeah. alan parker's done some big stuff but uh yeah anthony hopkins is in it as well he plays it's a it, he plays Battle um, Creek. Yeah, he he plays uh, Kellogg, Doctor Kellogg. Yep. It is a fun ensemble movie, and uh, John Cusack plays like a like a guy who's like tr struggling, trying to become up with the next big serial, and uh, he's mostly interacting with Dana Carvey and Michael Lerner, and it's just like <laughs> fucking shenanigans, like nineteen turn the century shenanigans um, with, with like health food craze and stuff. It's such yep. a funny, quirky ass, weird so comedy. Upbeat. And uh, and his and, and his performance in that is one of his more natural uh, and better performances, I think. That's. <laughs> I want to say real quick with the uh, Better Off Dead, uh, 
I don't know if your dad listens to the show or not, but the first time I ever saw it was at your father's house, senior oh, year, father. right after he graduated. Yes, your own Dale? your no. father's house. We were all there, and I was on acid. So again, oh. more LSD. I don't know why it keeps coming up, but uh, that was the first acid, time. I was I was probably on acid. It's very <laughs> yes, it was a group thing for sure. <laughs> so we just graduated high school, and Better Off Dead was downstairs. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So it just warped my mind even more to see it in that state, and it really stuck with me. So. <laughs> Uh, well, all right, Eric, I mean, on to you, buddy. I, you don't want to trash, so what do we got left? What, what uh, John Cusack movie did you watch on acid? <laughs> Serendipity yeah. twice. Oh, I love wow. it. That is a Listen, mind blow. Serendipity for me, we, I had a running joke with Steve Janicek once because I said, Steve Janicek once asked me, like, out of the blue, he's like, what, what, is, like, what would be torture for you? What would be hell? I was like, well, Steve, Christ, I'd have to say watching Serendipity twice in a row is <laughs> the worst possible high hell I can imagine. Uh, I, I just don't get it. I love Kate Beckinsale, but it, the movie is abominable. It's not great, but, but I still like I, it. I, I'm so excited to talk about, and I'll be quick, two hidden gems. Um, excellent little hidden gem from 2014. Grand Piano. You guys know about this film? Heard, of heard the name, but it's a thriller. It. The screenplay is from Damien Chazelle of Whiplash in La La Land fame. Huh. Uh, it it desperately needs more attention. It's a genuinely gripping thriller. You got Elijah Wood who's playing this pianist who will be killed by a sniper played by John Cusack if he plays one wrong note during this like ubiquitous <laughs> performance. That's why I didn't uh, like it's like it sounds stupid. It, <laughs> it, it does. It does. For me, that plot was like, "What the fuck? How, how, how is this a movie?" And I watched it. It's fucking good, and it's yeah. it's got like a little bit of a cult following. Cusack is creepy as shit in it. It's just wholly original, well executed film that I think deserves a better look. Right. Uh, it's called Grand Piano. <laughs> and then I'm I'm searching around a couple of days ago. I'm like, "All right, John Cusack, what do we got here?" And I find this film never grow old. It's a Western, and this is classic, like, oh, red yeah. box John Cusack. His, like, doughy, doughy dog head face is, like, on the cover. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how low can we get here? Another 5.9. I turn it on. 90% on rot Rotten Tomatoes. It's fucking good. We got Emil oh. Hirsch. It's gorgeously shot. It's, it's, it's straight up beautifully filmed. Genuinely creepy for performance by John Cusack is a classic black hat wearing outlaw comes to town to fuck up like a small town. Uh, it's 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 solid. So check out Never Grow Old. Is it streaming and, somewhere? Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, great. I'll check it out. Yeah. But this is another example of this valuable lesson. You can't even though know, it's so tempting because there's so much trash out there and some actors that you used to love, Thomas Jane, keep popping up in this just this weird looking shit that you would never think twice about don't judge a book by its cover and don't have your preconceived notions because there can be some hidden gems out there and this was a really good western okay wow all right good call i'll say real quickly to uh trash films of john cusack's that would probably have to be hmm i, I you know i thought about it because i like him so much there's all the trash films that i would watch i wouldn't watch so that's why I avoid okay. them intentionally, like Travis kind of said. Yeah. So it put me in a tough spot. But if I'm forced to choose, I was—I guess America's Sweetheart's not that great of a film, but I love it personally. I was so, waiting for you. I to was bring wondering it up. who was going to bring it up. I know I mean, you I love, love that movie personally. personally. 
when he's like, fake when he's pulling out the cactuses and the cactus spines and, and uh, <laughs> looks like he's jacking off i mean that's classic american cinema right there it's actually really funny yes i think you're right so maybe that's not fair but uh true colors is a movie actually i think i mentioned a week or two ago uh it's not that great so that's not a great movie it's him and james spader coming up in politics but we were talking political films not great movie though it's not something that i would like lock into and be like ooh. uh also Hot Pursuit was a movie. I didn't think it was all that great, but that's a personal choice for some people. Some people think it's good. I remember not liking that movie at all, and that's just my opinion. So no one brought up Love and Mercy. Well, I I was going to in between. Yeah, and I brought it up a couple weeks ago on the show. In between, to me, I don't hate it, and I don't love it, and I actually think he's miscast. But if I could just forget about that and just let him be the guy without, because he doesn't look like him at all. Sometimes that bothers me in biopics. Um, I will say he's a he's a weird Twitter follow. He's yes. I had to yeah. de- I had to unfollow him. It's so it's too he's, much. I think he devolved it, into some like five G COVID conspiracies and shit. Yeah, so. it's like it's like the guy from high school who never learned to spell properly, and he's like got a bunch of conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. it gets a little weird. He doesn't give a fuck though. <laughs> like he's like, I, I, he's on the far left. I'm like, okay, that's good. You're on our side, but like, but like, but like, uh, also like, read a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i watched his uh like gq or vanity fair does like hey let's review your career things on youtube and it was like from a couple weeks ago and he doesn't give a fuck he just talks matter of factly about everything and he talks about himself a lot i do believe there might be some egocentrism yeah, lifelong hey, famous i mean what are you gonna do yeah it's been in the game for 30 plus years you're right so yeah. that's it john cusack Derek. i hope you enjoy that we Derek. broke down mr cusack and that leaves us with does it hold up Robocop. Hey man, what you reading in there? <laughs> you a college boy or something? Huh? I bet you think you're pretty smart, huh? Think you get outsmart a bullet? What do you say we find out? Huh? I'm talking to you! What do you say? Huh? Huh? I'm talking to you! Drop it! That are alive, you are coming with me. I know you. You're dead! We killed you! We killed you! We killed you! I think it's going to be pretty obvious what the answer will be to this. This is a listener's choice. Do we know which listener chose this one? Because, I'll look it up. You keep oh. talking. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so Robocop is the choice. This week's listener's choice. Robocop 1987 film directed by the legendary oh, God, yeah. Paul Verhoeven, the master of film. I love Verhoeven. Uh, you know, Starship Troopers, not my favorite, um, but that's still pretty fun, good, dude. too. Definitely down the list. Uh, Black Book is a movie, too. I love by Verhoeven, a uh, subtitled genre about world war ii and dutch holland being taken over by the nazis great movie uh i think stars the woman who became famous for game of thrones um the the red mistress what's her fucking name you know that woman so you watch game of thrones anybody yeah i think can't can't remember her name anyways we're doing robocop and you can email the show if you want us to do future does it holds up you have choices and when we get back to another round of listener's choice cinema nine pod at protonmail.com 
cinemanightpod.com. Cinemanightpod at protonmail.com or cinemanightpod on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can DM us, private message. We'll take your suggestions. We love the email we got from Derek. Let's keep them coming. We love the participation. Thank you very much. I, Travis, I don't your know face is confused. I don't, I don't know who sent us this fucking thing, man. I, I, I <laughs> did someone delete the? Did someone delete the goddamn? Because I'm not seeing it on the, the, the. It was a. It was on Twitter, right? I have no I, idea. I, it was. I know it was on Twitter. I don't know who who. Because uh, I'm not seeing the um, the listeners' choice thing that I put out oh, here. Wait, Darren Schaefer. Here we go. Oh, Darren Schaefer. Thank you so much. There we go. Robocop. No, uh, we're not even following him. Derek, Darren Schaefer, I just clicked on you. We're now following you. Thank you for following the show. We follow you, and we're doing this because of you. So, guys, Robocop to me is like the most quoted movie of my <laughs> lifetime next to 1989 Batman. I grew up quoting 1989 Batman and Robocop all day, every day. So I could basically Still reenact do. this film for you. Still do, yes. I could yeah. I could just do it right now if I wanted to. But uh let's get into the details. Do you recall, Travis, do you recall the first time you saw this? There's no way in hell you saw this in the theater. It came out in 1987 and it's very so, violent. Yeah, so. but um, but I did see it when I in 87 or 88. Um, VHS, my, uh, whenever it came out. Yeah, on VHS. And I was telling my dad about this last night because he was like, no, no way you saw this movie then. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was think, think it was the Wild West at mom's house. Sorry. Um, yep. but, but as he knows, and as I've mentioned on the show before, my mom dated a guy who like would record videos and stuff. And this is one of the first movies that he recorded for us. And uh, so I had a copy of Robocop like almost as soon as it was on VHS and nice. uh, and watched the ever loving fuck out of it. I mean, watched it a lot. And in some ways, again, speaking of like ways of getting fucked up as a young child. But at the same time, our whole generation was doing that. Like Boy Scouts, he would meet Boy Scouts. He would go to the wrestling things. I mean, like kids loved RoboCop. And what the fuck was going on in America that that was just accepted? Like, there why are you showing toys it? everywhere? I had all the toys. It was RoboCop a video car. game. It's a Nintendo yeah. video game. It was. It was. Yeah, there was a toys. I mean, like it was like they they marketed it like it was a kids movie, and people were getting <laughs> shot in the death, shot in the dick, and melted with toxic waste in this fucking movie. This is what it used to be. You know that titties? Uh, uh-uh, no titties, but blood oh, and gore yeah. and violence all day. The kids well, love that shit. Back, back oh. in the day, like I mean, yeah, you could have titties in the and and say fuck once or twice and have it be a PG movie, but. but <laughs> Um, these days, like, I can't imagine, like, this is like, this is like an NC-17 movie practically now. And they had to fight for it. I know, I know that Verhoeven had to like fight, oh, he, especially oh God, for like yeah. the, 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 uh, the Ed 209 <laughs> scene where he shoots the guy, um, that was, that was supposed to go on a lot longer. Can't wait. <laughs> I think you better do what he says, Mr. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh, I did the same thing, Travis, just for the record. It was, we had it on VHS. I probably like 89 or 90. I, we just, whenever I got exposed to it, we watched the shit out of it. Friday nights, eating popcorn, like multiple yeah. kids around me. It was all kids watching and there was no adult there. Yeah, never, we just, never. We just, <laughs> in the video game, not just the NES, but it was an arcade game. We used yeah. to go to the arcade and I swear to this day, when you shot a guy, they would say, shit, shit, shit. Every time you shot one and killed a criminal, I swear. And we used to like walk across there, shit, shit. I, I would love to see the stand-up arcade version, like uh, somewhere. Sure. If somebody has it. Let me know. If anybody ever heard this, true. Sure. Let me know. Uh, just say shit when he gets killed. I'm, I swear <laughs> it's what it sounded like. Uh, Eric, what about you, buddy? Um, Dude, sure I grew up on Robocop. Although you man. were limited, you were limited by your Listen, parents. I didn't see a rated R movie until like fucking. Uh, I think it was in the Mother Menace. 
But I, I grew up on the edited version. So I was watching this like when I was like <laughs> eight, nine, ten. And One time dude, I even called him Dirt, dirt Bag. <laughs> there it is. It's not me and Travis became friends. He's like, Robocop fan? Like, are you kidding me? You ever see the edited version when he calls him Dirt Bag? That's supposed Ninja to be the poop. insult? Baloney. How do you the, the hard way? How do you remember this shit? I thought I was the only one. But listen. I never saw the edited version ever, but that's great. I grew up watching this goddamn movie. We had the, the the beat up Fuji like VHS blank copy. Me and my brothers would just watch it nonstop ad nauseum. But you know, God love me, it's been like <laughs> twenty five years since I sat down and took another look because this is wow. one of those films where you think to yourself, like, you know, I've seen there, been there, done that, but I haven't taken another look at it. I was so glad that I saw it for a second time, so I could uh, after the Saturday, so I could just sit down and just drink it all in because oh, wow. jesus christ what a movie okay this is one that me and mike watch i mean like i know i don't know how often you yeah. watch it like i mean i watch it i watch it at least once a year it's been 25 couple times, years. Couple times a year yeah it's just part of me yeah <laughs> it's part of the rotation <laughs> and uh that's interesting eric that's I'm very, so excited uh, that's a unique take i mean that's a long ass time Dirt bag. uh did by the way did either of you guys see the remake in 2014 i did yeah i heard it's pretty solid it's not bad. You didn't see it though. No, I saw it. Did you watch it, Mike? I did, of course. You, I mean, I think? thought it was garbage. I mean, it, it wasn't god awful, but it was just no fucking way. What it the, where it went wrong, and it went wrong in a big way, is that it like the beauty, the genius of RoboCop to me yeah. is that it functions on two levels, where it's a fucking stupid, silly action movie. And it's a deeply cerebral kind of thoughtful piece on uh, like in satire. And they, they, they really did away with all of the, the in-depth uh, parts and just went for the, just here's, an, here's a cop. That, it's a cop. It's a robot. And he shoots people. This is what you like. Right, folks. They um, almost went and, formulaic. You're right. I hate to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Michael well, Keaton, you got some, you got Gary Oldman. There's like, oh, it's yeah. good casting and here. Yeah, they yeah, that's why it had its moments was like Keaton. got to be stuff. rated R and it's got to be hardcore. You can't try to like get more people. People are going to see it anyways. You dump. All right. Let's not even worry about that. Okay. Well, Mike, bring us back. Like, why does this have, you talk about it uh, all the fucking time. Where did this huge deep impact come from? Like, like what was the first time? <laughs> it's, it, it was in the, like I said, I think it was. Nine, it was either 1990 or 91. That's where I really remember. And somebody recorded it off Cinemax. Back in the day, people were, like like you said, the guy that your mom dated, people were recording things on their VHSs off Cinemax or HBO or or just dubbing another tape that they rented. It was fucking easy as hell. There's no uh, <laughs> metadata. There's no trail yeah. of anything. So it was a fucking right. free-for-all. My grandpa had like five. I told you guys, he had like 500 tapes. He, record, <laughs> he rented. He copied everything he rented from Blockbuster or wherever he rented stuff from. Yeah, so whoever did that. Old school piracy. Yeah, it was at the Heartland house when I first moved to Heartland in like 1991. So it was so quotable. So quotable, and as an ch impressionable child, you're like, oh, I love that. Can you fly, Bobby? Yeah, that's very quotable. You know, uh, Clarence Boddicker is the best fucking bad guy maybe oh. that ever played. I mean, we love Kurtwood Smith on the show. I think that's pretty common knowledge. Hey, Dicky boy. Ostrich. That thing is still alive. I don't know what you're talking about. The police officer who arrested you. The one you spilled your guts to. Hey. Take a look at my face, Dick. He was trying to kill me. He's a cyborg, you idiot. He recorded every word you said. His memory's admissible as evidence. You involved me. 
You're gonna have to kill it. Well, listen, Chief. Your company built the fucking thing. Now I gotta deal with it? I don't have time for this bullshit. Suit yourself, Clarence. But Delta City begins construction in two months. That's two million workers living in trailers. That means drugs, gambling, prostitution. Virgin territory for the man who knows how to open up new markets. One man could control it all, Clarence. Well, I guess we're going to be friends after all, Richard. The violence is so, his death scene is so brutally disgusting. There's I don't so know how, about, Mike. I mean, you're, you're as a child. It doesn't like blow your mind. Like we could, we could talk about every syllable you're saying. I'm, I'm so pumped, especially after last night when I sat down to watch it, when I turned it off, I was like, my mind exploded. There's so much there. And when we're talking about a blockbuster, about like a, a cop that's a robot, I, I, I'm i scratching my head. How did they make this? I mean, these are geniuses. Well, Travis is right, though. The legacy is the... Well, we'll talk more about that, but the legacy is that cerebral edge and the almost shocking... Social satire. I mean, another fucking foretelling futuristic, you know, of the fucking city that goes bankrupt and gets overtaken with emergency managers. It really fucking happened. It wasn't OCP, but... It's wild. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's jump in. Let's talk about... I didn't even look this up. So what do you guys think it is rated at IMDb? I haven't even seen it. I'm going to say... I didn't look either. I'm going to say 8.4. I'm going to say 7.5. I'm going to say 8.2. Okay. (laughs) 7.5! Wow. That is... That's fucking bogus. In my heart, I I rated it 9 is what I rated on IMDb. Good. uh, Yeah, it's 10 for me all day. Uh, I'm fucking I, I like you're not liberal with the tens, Travis. <laughs> I, I, I'm not liberal with the tens. I'm not. It's That's good. why I gave it a nine. Um, and 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 I would God. give it a ten were it not for um, there are a couple elements of the movie that are not perfect. But I'm going to go ahead and, and show my cards right now. This movie holds yeah. up. This is a near yeah. perfect movie. Um, so I don't good. think we have to save it. Right, right. Yeah, let's it's not save not it. Fucking me. awesome. Yeah. Right. This, this, is a near, this, yeah. this is a near perfect movie. It, it, it moves along in a seamless clip. I was like, I looked at it before I sat down to watch it last night. I'm like, it's an hour and 40 minutes. Surely it's like an hour and 10 because it that's goes by that, so dude, fast. That's the editing. And it was literally nominated for a best editing Oscar because it just flows so well. It just clips right along, man. It's so smooth. Well, look, we always want to know what the critics say about movies, so let's go back in time. Oh, boy. For RoboCop criticisms, Destin Thompson should hopefully be in the mix. I assume uh, he has something to say. But back in the day, our buddy Roger Ebert, who was a a well-respected critic back in 87, he said, most thriller and special effects movies come right off the assembly line. RoboCop is a thriller with a difference, which is kind of alluding to what you're saying, Travis, I think, in a sense. Oh, me and Roger, Um, really, we're two peas in the pod. Yeah, he's pretty good with his criticisms. I'll say that. Uh, Destin Thompson said back in the day, RoboCop is one weird and entertaining hybrid of camp and sci-fi shoot-em-up. He likes it. He approves. I'm telling you, no one could deny it. Find me a negative review, please. I'm looking on these pages, guys, and it's a lot of red tomatoes. I mean, the critics are 90%. The audience is 84, which is interesting. The critics like it more. I thought the audience would really love it a lot more. I thought it'd be up to 90, but... It well, kind of goes with the IMDb 7.5 rating. Maybe the audience 
here's the thing. As as here's the thing. There, there, there is a huge audience for this movie, but they're mostly males around our age. If we're really honest mm. with ourselves, oh boy, um, who who are who are going to be a hundred percent for it. Everybody else, you might start, you might start getting a mixed bag in terms of how they feel about it. Not, not to put nope. too fine a point on it, but like it would be sexist or anything. But I don't know that this is necessarily a movie that is going to appeal to people that don't love ultra violence, which is typically a male trait in my experience. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, here's Walter Goodman of the New York times back in the day. He splats it. He says, whatever may have been in the minds of the writers, Edward Neumeyer and Michael Miner has more trouble emerging from Mr. Verhoeven's sizzling battles than poor Murphy does from his robo suit. Nonsense. Gibberish. That's not even structured um, properly. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, the writers, Newmeyer Newmeyer and the other dude, um, Newmeyer was like walking through the set of Blade Runner, apparently. Yep. And uh, thought, ooh, robots and cops. Like, this is interesting. I could do something with this. And uh, and, and came up with it. And then, like, it it was his first script. And, like, no one really grabbed it. And, uh, like, especially because the title, I guess it really turned people off. Which uh, and then and Verhoeven was like shut out of of, of Netherlands where like where he's you know he's, he's Dutch right I feel yeah. like he's Dutch yeah yeah he's he's, basically the government was like your movies are too gross and weird stop making <laughs> movies here so he's like I gotta make it a movie in America where they like gross and weird and his wife li- literally plucked this script out of the trash she literally plucked the script out of the yep. trash and because he, he turned it down and then she was like no I think you should take another look at this one this this Robo Cop and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> Holy shit. That's fascinating. Okay, last one. This is a woman. I just want, not that we're validating perspective, just want to give you more. No labels. Speeches. Carrie Rickey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Did you read her, Travis? Carrie Rickey? Um, no. She says, when the law enforcing Robocop cleans up corrupt Motown, his victory is satisfying because he's got machinery and morals on his side. Robocop is where high tech Does he? high noon. Does RoboCop have morals on his side? The first three people he uh, confronts, he just like fucks up in intensely brutal ways and doesn't even bother arresting. But okay, well, we'll talk about it. I will say also that RoboCop, um, the moment he has a case that like pertains to him personally, he's like, he goes into like the area that's like like the the computer area that's like restricted area. It's like, no, I don't follow the rules anymore. This is about me personally. Sticks up his middle (laughs) finger-esque sharp needle thing. Right. This is called foreshadowing. And uh, <laughs> so my dude, this is gonna be the longest episode ever. I'm, I'm like, he shoot the fucking guy in the nuts right through the woman's dress, and he also refers her to a rape crisis counseling center. Which is cool. But that doesn't is arrest him, doesn't arrest the guy from the liquor store, okay, doesn't that's arrest yeah. the next guy, he just fucks that's him like, up and walks away. He's programmed. There's a lot of uh, uh, collateral damage here. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of property damage, like a true superhero. Which is he a superhero? No, no. Powers. I wouldn't call him a superhero if you asked me thing. like out of the blue. Hey, is Robocop yeah. a superhero? I would. No powers. Reactions. No. I did. I did just ask you out of the blue. I said of course, no. Batman doesn't have powers, and he's a superhero. So where's the, Iron Man? The economy. Superhero, and he's yeah. a guy maybe because he's a cop. Point. Technically, it, it like bleeds a line for me. I don't know why that is. It's stupid. It's a semantic argument, and I I love RoboCop over most uh, heroes, anti-heroes. I, really I say do. straight up hero. Yeah, yeah he's, he's hero. definitely a he's a role model. He's someone to admire. And the problem is, in <sighs> RoboCop Two, just for the record, RoboCop Two is uh, where is he? Where is Kurt? Uh, hey, uh, he Frank Miller. Down, yeah. Frank Miller did that story. 
Yeah, he did, and he gets blown away in the lab in part two. He's also in the film, but uh, oh, anyways, yeah, uh, they use like the the he turns them into like the moral police. Robocop goes around saying, "Hey, kids, that's not good." Oh, He's yeah, basically yeah. doing what you're talking about, Eric. Which I don't want to see that. I want to see well, what I saw in the film. Mike, I can how, live with it. Mike, how you're the host? How do we possibly dis- dissect a film of this magnitude? Like, where do you even start? It's a well, piece it's of- true. I want to kind of dive over into the uh, the corporate angle of it with this fucking OCP. And <laughs> OCP. Let's talk a little bit about Bob Morton, the upstart oh asshole. Who's got, he's, he takes, kind of swoops into for fucking Dick Jones. First off, Miguel let, Ferrer. Let, let's not fair. Miguel. Most Ferrer, punchable great. face of yeah. all time? No. Who, Dick Jones? What? what? No. Miguel Ferrer. Oh, Miguel, Miguel Ferrer? Face. Yeah, Miguel, Miguel. Have you seen Ed Sheeran? <laughs> that's good hey a couple good songs that's great i, I agree oh, wow. good songs, but you but don't have to look at his face yes i agree <laughs> yeah, for I don't punch people anyways but if i was gonna punch someone in the face it'd probably be ed sheeran or maybe like uh prince harry uh anyways uh, I, I like colin hanks but that guy's face wants to get punched yeah that's punchable that's very punchable i agree miguel like ferrer always came off mcgriff ferrer is funny I love him in Hot Shots Part uh, Two. Part Two, love and, Part Two, uh, so yeah. funny. So anytime I see Miguel Ferrer, I'm in a good mood. He's in Traffic, uh, does a good job there. Anyway, the stand, so man, yeah. the stand, Lloyd. Never saw the stand. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I want to. I want to level this out, guys. Who okay. great bad guys in this film? From Clarence Boddicker, Dick Jones, even Bob Morton, if you will. Give oh, me the, your favorite bad guy over the other and tell me why which one is more dangerous which one is like more enjoyable oh. give me any aspect of it because i think dick jones and clarence Boddicker are both bad oh my god villains, and they're both in the same movie I, <laughs> i'm sorry i have to jump in in my opinion when it comes to clarence Boddicker, you're on the show just jump we're in. talking about <laughs> do you guys mind if i give you my opinion yeah go ahead <laughs> why not is one of the top five movie villains of all time for so many reasons i remember being really scared of him when i was a kid yeah i, wa- yeah, I, I watched this last night i look at my arm i got goosebumps i was still scared of him and i'm a 40 year old man weird. but he's just so creepy he's, he's and funny in, yeah. in, in um um he disarms he, you with his humor he's so offbeat because he doesn't like there's no extremity there. Like, there's nothing that's like, hey, I should be scary. He's just like this. He looks like a fucking like accountant in H&R Block. But the stuff he does is so terrifying. And he's so nonchalant about his abusive, horrible acts. that He's just really fucking scary. Clarence Bodriger, number one. Fucking creepiest villain of all time, in my opinion. So scary. I don't know that he's, I don't know that. I don't find him personally to be the creepiest villain of all time. I'm scared of him. I, I agree that he's scary. He's a cop killer. They said they do a good, good yeah. job setting him up as like being like a good villain. Yeah. I find it interesting though how quickly he turns over on Dick Jones once he's in the hands of Robocop. Clarence Bodiger, <laughs> you are under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute! I'm protected, man. I've got protection. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? God damn it. God damn it. Listen to me. Listen to me, you fuck. There's another guy. He's a, he's OCP. He's the senior president. 
Anything you say may be used against you. It's dead girl! You cocksucker! I work for Dick Jones! Dick Jones! He's the number two guy at OCP! OCP runs the cops! You're a cop! Yes, I am a cop. Like he, he, yeah, he snitches, uh, the drug lab. He snitches, yeah, he snitches pretty quick, and um, and also like he's not um, um, he's not like okay. So there, there's another moment of his that I really like. This is not related to what I just said, but I, this is really humanizing moment that I really like, which is when Ray Wise dies. Mm-hmm. When uh, Lewis shoots the big cannon gun yeah, yeah. thing and blows yeah. up Ray Wise, he's really happy. Yeah. Yeah, I got him! He, that delivery of 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 of, of Kurtwood Smith of like being like joyous to like fuck one of my only my, my last remaining friend just huh? died. Um, like it's such a great moment that that, that the perform. I don't know what Eric, you're freaking me out with this look on your face. I'm I'm sorry, Calm I should mute myself, but like I'm waiting <laughs> for your next comment because I'm I'm so ready to jump on this. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it's great acting. It's, a, it's a great moment. Like it's a very humanizing moment because I, I find Boddicker interesting because on one hand I believe that he cares about Ray Wise and that he likes his friends, but at the same time, um, he doesn't seem that disturbed when he runs over the uh, toxic waste man, um, Emil. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Emil, and he uh, is kind of addicted to, the, uh, to all of them. But also Bobby, like when he makes Bobby fly, I always have a really <laughs> hard time accepting in a movie when uh, the villain like starts killing off his henchmen. Who's, like, who's going to work on this crew? Right. I'm like, why are the other henchmen helping out? Like, yeah, like, fuck Bobby. Let's kill Bobby. The next day. <laughs> and the supply in Detroit, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of those things that always throws me off. But yes, I agree. Um, I, I wouldn't put him in my top five favorite villains, but I do think he's a great but it's so un- like. You know, if you know me, you know, like people or like even people in real life that are unpredictable scare the shit out of me. So like when you have a villain that's just like you don't know what they're going to do next. If he's going to turn on you and you're in his own crew, he'll just kill you. And like that scares me so to the bone. So Bodriger is so up there, even more than Dick Jones. That's when I not to get too far. That's like after they kill Bodriger, I'm like, Bodriger. After they kill him, like, after they kill him, I'm like, oh god, I can finally calm down because he scared me so much. Let's let's just go get Dick Jones and it's over. So it kind of slows down for me after he's dead. That's like my only negative thing. Yeah, that's well, actually. It. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I actually really like that about the movie, and, and we're talking about the ending first, but whatever, who gives a fuck? Um, like, I love that the movie, like, yeah, he gets Boddicker, then he goes and he gets Dick Jones, and Dick Jones dies, and his long arms flail around as he as he plummets to his death, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and then and then for some inexplicable reason, the old man asks him what his name is. Um, nice shooting, son. What's your name? Right. They know his name. It's been in the news for the past three months. No, it's I, Murphy. I literally oh, own you. What's your name? Um, but regardless of all that, I love that. But the basically, like, like, he he kills a bad guy, and the movie's just fucking over. Like, okay, no denouement, love not it. necessary. No denouement. Like, no, we need, we don't need any kind of wrap up. Just like uh, Boddicker's dead, the Dick Jones is dead. The movie's over. Have a nice night. 
Yeah, it's a. He says Murphy and the music rises Pumps up to as well and checks out. Ready for That's more, it. you Dude, don't need to check back in with the family or like. Let's uh, talk about that music real quick. Basil Polidorus, that fucking yes. score. The great I score. Am, the whole time we've been talking, all I want to do is just belt it out. Just belt it out. I don't want to do anything else. But, but da, 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 da. Yes, it's underrated. It's as good as like the Terminator score. Like it reminds so me good. of those those sci-fi, any of those types of movies with a big action flick going on. But it's really uh, kind of melancholy, like uh, feel to it at times. It's powerful and strong, but it also has this tinge of set. Uh, uh for Robocop, I don't think so. If anything, I'm like I'll have a. A face of a gas. Sure. Now Listening I'm just like a score. You get a little sad. Maybe Murphy. I, I love the score. I, I looked for the score on Spotify and I made up a playlist uh, added to my list of uh, soundtracks and scores. Of course, it was hard to find the actual um, film version that you hear on Spotify, which was annoying. So just mm -hmm. for the record. But what about the well, old man? Is the old man an asshole or is he just like an old doofus, a senile kind of? I'm not really paying attention. I'm a CEO, so I really have no a, idea what's going he's on. Because that piece of shit. Yes, he. I believe he is. I mean, he watches. He watches that guy get blown away, and he says, "Dick, I'm very disappointed in you." That's he, doesn't, it. He, he doesn't even get up from his desk. Although him him sinking his head in his hand his hands into his head into his hands has got like I, I want to see that gift. That's the best disappointment moment I've ever seen. Just he just looks so fucking disappointed. It's, it's like um, it's William Randolph Hearst. It's like I'm at the complete top, and whenever. Yellow journalism, anything happens under me, who gives a fuck? Because I have the mm -hmm. most power. Fuck yes. that old asshole. What, what, what he is is a gentrifier. That's what he is. He, exactly. Delta City is all about gentrification. It's all. It's like it's gonna. It's gonna create all these jobs. It's gonna create all these jobs. That's all they go on and on about. Because that's all that matters is the jobs, not the human beings that live in old Detroit. They don't matter. It's the jobs <laughs> that could exist for Delta City, and um, and like, and he's like, it's a cancer that needs to be cut out. And like, you're talking about human beings, so yeah, the old man is a bag of wet shit. <laughs> oh, well, you, man. Got the, you got the old man who just allows everything to happen. Bob Borton comes in as the upstart to change. Hey, I got this program ready to go, and then, and then uh. I don't even know the name of the other guy who's just like smiling all the time. He, he like, Dick Jones is like, yeah, the, anyone's demise. It seems like uh, executive. Yeah. The executive that loves watching his uh, other executives die. Yeah. I, he he just, just like roots for I, everything. Oh, great. I, I'm just going to be the smiling guy on the side. Well, that's the cool thing. Just, I mean, that was intentional because like, there's so many just like, uh, Johnson added outlaws. Johnson, like, let's thank have you, one man. of them at least be just like kind of enjoyable. So there's some kind of dichotomy, but like, hey, at least it's something. <laughs> yeah. And then you, so okay, so Robocop gets Murphy gets killed. Now he has a partner. Okay, so this is well played by Nancy Allen. Okay. And so Murphy, they go in there, they get separated. Uh, there's a dangling joke involved where a woman has to look down at a guy's Mike, dick, which is very disappointing. That, does the fact that Nancy want or what's her name? Lewis? Lewis wants yeah. to see the guy's dick um, create the possibility for Robocop to happen? Is this where the entire plot comes into play <laughs> just because she has to look? A contingent it's, moment. You're right. Very contingent. Think, great word. I think it's kind of uh, it's kind of like '80s. It's definitely '80s and like outdated type film writing. Like she's got to look down at this guy's black dong for a second. Come on, get the fuck out of here. She's a fucking professional. She's got a guy with his hands up 
She doesn't give a fuck about that. She's popping a, a chewing gum, so she's into some dong while she's busting people. Get the fuck out of here. You're right. It's, it's really bogus now if you look at it. But yeah, I mean, of, it, it's a pretty it's a like it's a kind of a weird scene. But I mean it's it's cool when people are in dongs, don't get me wrong. No, but that's I think, fine. I think that a more contingent scene in terms of creating uh Robocop would be the decision to go into the warehouse where they know that backup is at like 14 minutes away at that point. 12 I would, minutes away. I would go Dude. one further, Travis. I would the say OCP his decision. The police. They, 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 they're going to tell the backup to like, oh, it's okay. We got it under control. So Okay. Well, right, let's, let's, hang on to that. let's hang on to that. We haven't even talked to cop strike and all that. But oh, Travis, okay. I think what's even more <laughs> is the fact that Murphy decides to respond to a guy who has him held down at gunpoint. Buddy, I think you're slime. Buddy, I not think an you're ideal slime. response. I he wasn't like walking it. out of that. He wasn't walking out of that anyway. Come on, he he know he and he knew he wasn't walking out of it because he's literally replacing a guy who just got murdered by Boddicker. Well, you got to be some kind of great cop. Come in here all by yourself. <laughs> Where's your partner? Where's your partner? Well, guys, the other one was upstairs. She was sweet. Mm. Mm -mm. I took her out. <laughs> I bet that really pisses you off. <laughs> you probably don't think I'm a very nice guy, <laughs> do you? Buddy, I think you're slime. <laughs> See, I got this problem. Cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I've seen a, a ton of movies in my day, hundreds. There's only like a few scenes that there's only a few scenes that really like are so tense and so scary that I like my guts are churning. Training day when they got Ethan Hawke in the bathtub and. Uh, What's his nuts? It's like, hey, Cliff bro, Curtis. you fucked up. Yep. yep, Cliff Curtis. And then this scene. It's still really fucking tense and scary. I feel so I fucking terrified for Murphy when they got... Even though I know what's going to happen, this direction is so good that there's genuine tension and fear for what they're about to do to the man. It's not rushed. It's deliberate. And, uh, you know, doing the... Oh, I remember when I really thought I was like shitting. As a kid? Yeah. I was petrified. I was like, this is fucking intense and I'm scared. I Seeing this as seven was good for... At seven years old was good for me. Yeah. Okay. Positive in my life. I'll look back and I'll write it on my tombstone. I saw Robocop when I was seven. In some ways it was good. Rapists should get shot in the dick. So that's Absolutely. Cool. I think it taught us some positive lessons about how to treat women. Um, you know, maybe, maybe uh, not be a cop killer. That's good. So I, it's, not a, it's not okay. Don't kill cops. But, you know, the fact that they blow the hand off and, and you know, it kind of looks decent, you know, but for the time, that's, it looks like a decent blowing awesome. off of the hand. Dude, the special uh, effects the, of this movie are pretty fucking great. Other than long arms, team. other than long yeah. arms at the end. Dude, Rob oh, right. Well, it's like they ran out of money or something. Maybe it was say, I don't know, but you're yeah. right. The, even the transportation of his body he's still alive in the hospital. Like it looks like there's bullet wounds. I mean, it looks mm -hmm. pretty good with the or or blood. when he's when the, he takes the mask off and uh, the, the you know it, it, yeah. you see Murphy's face like it looks I like wondered. I still don't know how they, they did that. That was 33 years ago. 
Yes, I've thought about doing the RoboCop costume like the right way oh for God, so so awesome. Halloween. It's been one of my dreams of Halloween. Like, not like some, uh, you know, plastic thing that I get into. No, like, I want to become a cyborg, right? Yeah, how the fuck did they it's, do it's, that? It's Rob Bottin, and I, I'll say this over and over again. You talk about Stan Winston in uh, Rick. Oh, we talked Rick, about Bottin in a previous movie. But who, no, he I'm not think. hearing Rob Bottin enough in this day and age, man. It's genius. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I always I, that's a great point, Travis. I when he takes it off, I'm kind of creeped out by it. But like, was I got older and got more we're fascinated not, by how movies like are made? Sure. <laughs> exactly. I, as I get older, and I'm like, yeah, oh, wow, I got I got all that? caps in my notes. How the fuck did they do that? And that's 33 years like ago. Skull fit right. It's like it's pretty it's really well done. Very well done. You're right. So yes. So all of the the uh, special effects besides long arms are well done. You know the blood squibs <laughs> are tremendous. We're legendary blood squibs in this oh film. Oh my god! Is it and topped? so many? Is so it topped? Uh, it's hard to find. Like when they Django? do the joke in. I guess okay. Django. Yeah, that's pretty think true. Of it rivals it. There's a lot of blood just flying everywhere in Django. That's true. Yeah. A Tarantino movie probably rivals it. But um, there's so much to talk about, Mike. Where do we? The cops, where do we go from here? I could talk whole, about this for two hours. It's funny when this movie came out. And we're young, but we progressed into adults. Uh, the fact that cops would ever strike, I thought was like one of the most ludicrous things that would ever. It's like this is the dumbest thing. Cops are striking in a movie, but but it already had hit. happened, dude. Well, I didn't know that, so I'll admit that. But it actually seems more plausible now in this world of anti-union and the yeah. way things have changed. It just seems like it's a another prophetic thing that I thought at the time seemed silly. I looked into it um, because I kind of thought that too, but it turns out there has been cops. Now there are some places where it's illegal for cops to go on strike, but there have been cops on strike in America since the 1960s. There's been like dozens of times that cops have gone on strike in different areas. I believe um, that, but particularly, in a, you know, let's be honest, Detroit in the eighties was definitely a crime ridden city. It's had, it's had sure. a history of crime. So the fact that it's also a city that desperately needed a police force just made the impact of it more severe, I guess. Well, the, the, to me, the, the the really alarming part is the idea of a corporation coming in and buying out the police and like owning the police, and it makes I'm contract. Yeah, and yeah. it makes so much in a, in a world of like now that for profit prisons, which for profit prisons were not really a thing in 1987, and now it's like 40, 60 percent of prisons, something like yeah. that. Um, so the idea of a corporately sponsored, a corporate sponsored a police station doesn't seem very far-fetched and another th another thing one of the first moments in the movie uh there's we've not talked about verhoven's excellent use of satire and commercials which he uses yes in, in, in so many movies <laughs> that, that he's done Newcomb. but like <laughs> Newcomb. Yeah, Newcomb. but like the the doctor like wow a doctor a surgeon doing an advertisement <sighs> for a hospital and now it's like that's the fucking standard Yes, you picked the heart. Oh, it's so good. No. Suzuki, God, Yamaha. It's so fucking funny. It's <laughs> so like, that's why, you're right. Spot on. Oh, also, but can we say real quick that uh, Verhoeven's vision of the future is clearly just men and women showering together? Because it's the same thing that happens in Starship Troopers. Kids oh, yeah. in the precinct <laughs> locker room. He really wants the co ed. Yeah, he's got that. This co ed showering is the future. I mean, literally, the dude's aim was to be like, hey, hey, what? No, it's all equal. There, there should be tits in the locker room if there's going to be guys showering. But like, it comes off because of what we see in the future. Verhoeven works is just this yeah. slimy stuff. But like, there's no dongs you know? in that in that in that shot. Shot. There's no. Oh, dongs. because I'm sure they made them. I, I believe he would <laughs> want it to be Dude, in there. I do. I'm I really sorry, do. but 
I don't believe miss. that they that they he probably did too because I know yeah I believe it was, was shot. cut out. I want the, I want the director's cut. Is there a director's cut or an un, uh, extended no. version of this film? Because I've never seen it or heard of it. I would have liked to definitely watch that. So. I've I've heard of some extended yeah. scenes yeah. like um like the shooting of like the the, the Ed two hundred nine shooting. I know that there's a, a extended version of that out there, but as far as mm-hmm. a director's cut, I don't think I don't think so. Yeah, he's not part I mean, of the machine, so maybe I don't know if I don't know. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Don't get too distracted by the tits in the locker room, which is interesting for several reasons. But you, listen to the chief. Stop fucking around with your suspect. We got clear cut casual police brutality in <laughs> oh, front of yeah. your chief. Yeah, get over here when you finish fucking around with your suspect. It's so funny, and, <laughs> but it is also a trope. Apparently, it's just, I didn't create this trope, so I want that to be clear on the record. But oh, the well. Angry black like uh like chief of police who has a mustache. Yes, yes, who has a mustache. Yeah, uh, this is a part of that legacy, whether I want to admit it or not. So I'm in the eighties movies, in the eighties movies especially, especially, absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of exploited by uh. We haven't talked enough about. No, 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 no! He's got smoke coming out of his ears. It's stupid. We haven't talked enough about like the fact that this is 1987 and what's going on in the 80s with uh, maybe you know, one of the best years for film, actually. The, <laughs> but the, in general, like it, it's satirically and politically, the, the, the excess of the 80s and like the, the money culture and all that stuff plays such yeah. a huge Dude. role in why this film was made and why it still stands. Yeah. It's a perfect life. spot for it. The Cold War still going on, yeah. but we have like yeah. a breakup. You know, there's more openness and things are changing. You're right. It's a, it's a good time the, for it. How uh, about the SUX 6000? 6000 SUX? They, yeah. They brag that it gets like 8.4 miles to the gallon. That's a selling point. <laughs> That's it's another thing we'll look up. That's a real thing that happened with the. Uh, they based it on a real event with the guy who takes the mayor hostage. Remember that? Yeah. And that's yeah. on the first bus. That's a. I can't remember. Like where it happened. Yeah, uh, that was milk. I, I was it Harvey Milk? <laughs> I can't. Dan White. But I thought it was the actual hostage situation, not just the killing. But I could be wrong. Yeah, it could be the fact that uh, what's his name? Fucking Frank White or what the fuck? The asshole Dan White. Harvey Milk. Dan White. Dan White. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, he's like yelling out, "What do you want? You know, you name it, you'll get it." <laughs> I want a car that gets really shitty gas mileage—the six thousand <laughs> SUX. Yeah, that'll yeah. do it. <laughs> like that's a, that's a selling point. They they love it. Give yeah, us everybody tires. wants six thousand SUX. Yes, the right. satire is so on spot. I mean, like f- from the first few frames, after like the cheesy yeah. RoboCop font. You're immediately tossed into like the multitude of television screen and screens, that, and it's already making this huge statement about your relationship with the media and its yeah. impact and grip on the public. That's turning us into these fucking morons. This is before reality television, and with the whole mm-hmm. "I'll buy that for the dollar." That's right. that's so us just. Oh God! I mean, you know, people Shore. always bring I mean, "I'd buy that for a dollar" up, but I never even care about that. That's like the thing I least am interested I know, in. But, but it but is that, part of the legacy. Before Jersey Shore in the real world and the simple life, I mean, thirteen, fifteen years before that, and it knows we're just going to eventually look at a television, laugh like laughing hyena idiots, and just diffuse ourselves and desensitize ourselves that's what i love about the satirical view of this movie and that robocop font is not gunmetal in, in color it's actually like uh tv snow like if you look closely when it zooms in on it and oh yeah yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Like the, yeah it's like tv because right. so much of the movie it's so much of the movie is about uh the power of optics and like and that's part of what what what, what 
Robocop is. He's a fucking prop. Like he's not even supposed to do real police work in a way. He's supposed to just be like a, anyone. Right. He's just supposed to like be an image. Like he's a he's, he's a boost for OCP. It's, exactly. He's uh, a means so to an end for someone to get a promotion. Uh, you know. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of intangibles that go with just being Robocop. It's not just that. And you know the thing that I like about this movie is when they create Robocop. <laughs> Like I love it. All blacks out, oh, God, and then it just so kind of returns with like the fucking screwdriver. I love like, it. Ah, shit! And it goes black, and like, and that's four yeah. months later. I love that the building of Robocop. He's, <sighs> he's it's a great point of view. I love it's the so... idea that you're getting a point of view of a dead man who's becoming a cyborg, and I think that's a really cool thing because like Terminators were just kind of introduced to us, like, oh, here they are. But this movie, we get to like kind of see the genesis and creation of a cyborg, and I really enjoy that part of it. And it's so underplayed. I mean, like, it's it's so subtle that you have to stop and think about the fact that RoboCop's creators are these nincompoop morons who just want to party and kiss them and stuff. So, oh yeah, the New Year's I mean, Eve party, whatever, with the big kiss on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and and that comes up time and time again. Like, I don't want to. Like, I mean, Travis, this is your department, but there's a ton of like, Shelly Shellyan impacts here where we have a person that doesn't want to be created that is created like has, has something that he do wants to do what he doesn't want to do he wants to destroy his own creators and and all that stuff so yeah and all those scenes where he's getting created and it's and Verhoeven has the balls and the the fortitude to create it from that perspective it gets you into the character without stuffing it down your throat and making you all feel sorry for him you be the judge how are you feeling about how he is as a as a creature or whatever the fuck he is yeah yeah I, can you I, do that dad <laughs> and i think you do i, I think you, yeah you do uh uh justice in bringing up the uh co- the comparison to to frankenstein um that's your realm and, dude i well um what i was going to say uh even aside from all the morality plays and like with the robocop himself there's also like the classic there's like classic sci-fi uh, anxieties are going on. Uh, you know, that's one of the, what sci-fi and horror. It's always about showing the anxieties of the time. And there's like some serious AI anxiety going on in this movie, especially with Ed 209. Yeah. Um, there's people that operate something on Ed 209, but like he, he operates himself <laughs> and that's terrifying, even though that makes no sense that the, that he can even no, get to God. the fucking room with, with <laughs> if he can't climb stairs. Um, <laughs> that's fine. But also, um, also toxic Mining baby rhino noises. Also, toxic waste. I mean, like, um, toxic waste in the eighties, like after the Love Canal <laughs> and all that stuff. Like, people, people were really fucking scared. Yeah, of toxic waste, the toxic rain, and like toxic all this stuff. Waste. And like, it's it, it doesn't fit into the movie in a lot of ways. Um, for that to show up in there, like here's just a random sludge of toxic waste. And what there are Axis chemicals. It's, it's a gonna, byproduct. Yeah. It's <laughs> that we make and just discard and say, hey, you know, it's a just, just weird thing that we discard. Could anybody really yeah. argue the fact that the place they have the showdown and he gets murdered at? It's Axis chemicals. It's like the same fucking place yeah, it's except it's daytime. It's Axis <laughs> chemicals. I also love that apparently if you get covered in toxic waste, it turns you into a, like a, a a rubber balloon and just your all your bones and organs. Turn into right. turn into solid li- turn into liquid. That was a threat. It's yeah. like like DDT well, in it's, the seventies. It's like what the fuck will toxic waste do to us? We'll turn us into fucking melting man mutants. Right? No, that's literally kind of what's going on with this movie. There's and and, and so, I mean like in some of the in some ways like some of the also there's some major um major drug anxiety going on. Like there's no reason for crack pipes to be in the cocaine. 
area and get you get this really perfectly aimed shot of of robocop's boot crushing the crack pipes yeah. nancy reagan would approve you know like right <laughs> well you know uh peter weller said that was his like favorite scene ever because when he filmed that scene uh he had like okay so first off apparently this suit had an air conditioner it was so bad it was yeah. all it's like it it's was hell sweaty. for him yeah, yeah. and but he had headphones on and he was listening to <laughs> Red Rain by Peter Gabriel the whole Red time he filmed the scene where he busted up the <laughs> drug lab. Red Rain. Said, he, yeah. So he said it was like the funnest time ever. I get to listen to Red Rain while I'm shooting bad guys. So, That's funny. I, mean, I also really love that all the villains, like all the bad guys, just line up for murder. Like, kill me. It's my turn to yeah. get shot. Oh, you're, exactly. you're, like you're bulletproof? <laughs> you're bulletproof? Well, I'll stand here anyways, and then you can shoot me and, and my life. Endless disposable amount of guys with blood squibs <laughs> ready to go in that scene. It's yeah. awesome. And he fucks up Boddicker bad. And, right, Boddicker exposes Boddicker. Dick Jones. And that's where it gets dicey for him. Like, Take a look at my face, dick. You know, and then the whole... <laughs> nine thing fucks up robocop i still feel like that i feel like it, robocop could outduel at 209 at 209 is stupid and Dude. maybe they had to make things more difficult for robocop because the unloading of all the police officers for gunfire after at 209 fucks him up like he's got this armor he should be fine yeah. I, I got <laughs> and I actually, we can't be on forever we got to end this at some point but travis you said there's some problems oh with this film have we covered all of them or that, that I mean, come to mind the the problems are are minor and minute. I mean, like like I I I addressed like for instance like the the logic of Ed two hundred nine not being able to walk upstairs. There's a couple <laughs> there's a couple minor minor complaints like that. Dude, but I Ed, mean like Ed two hundred nine is I, like Ed two hundred nine is not arresting anyone. He's like a tank monster. Like how is he gonna apprehend a criminal? And he's not. He's not supposed to. And that's one of the again. This is one of the great things about the movie. Like like one of the things that picks that pisses Dick Jones off is that he had all these military contracts lined up. This this is this is not about policing shit. This is about making money. And this is about creating a, a product that that can sell. And like RoboCop or Ed Two Hundred Nine, whoever it is in Old Detroit, it's not about cleaning up Old Detroit. It's not even about uh, establishing room for Delta uh, for Delta City to be uh, put into place. Mm. It's about mm. uh, money down the line and, and mass production. I had guaranteed parts for twenty five years. Right. <laughs> I forgot about Who that. Who gives a yeah. shit if it works? Right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It. But I want to know. Does the storyline of the wife and the son, does it get in the way of the movie or do we no. need that to humanize Murphy and RoboCop? That's one of my few complaints no. too, is I actually felt like that should have been developed a little bit more. We don't, we don't really get hardly anything about his son. You get to see his son watching TV and we know that his son really likes DJ, DJ laser. laser, right? <laughs> and we know that, his, that we know that his wife has something that I have something to tell you. And that's and we don't really. I mean, like at the same time, I don't know when you would have put them in there because it would have really fucked up the 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 flow of the movie to have Murphy interact with them before he joins the force. I really have to tell you something. I love you. I think they pepper it in perfectly. That's that. That's all you need. There's a life before that, and, and since we're from uh, Murphy slash Robocop's perspective, that's all you really need to see yeah. is that there's there's this there's this other life that exists that he kind of half remembers and is struggling to remember it and is even opposing against there. If you were to have imagine having like it end with he kills Dick Jones and then having him like 
reach out and find his family. Then like she hugs him and says, that "Hey, I know it's you." Like that would be so stupid. That was that the was reboot. The re- <laughs> but uh, imagine. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I will also say yeah. uh, the the realtors of Primrose, the house on Primrose Lane. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. do a really shitty job of staging the house. They don't clean up yeah. shit. <laughs> they have the video devices in there that are ready to go to sell the house. Hey, welcome in. Hey, right, they, but they, they haven't. They didn't clean up anything. They got like a broken coffee mug just sitting there. I will yeah. say that's true to life, though, because when I moved into this house I'm into right now, it was not clean at all. Like there was fucking <laughs> wow. burnt toast in the oven. I'm not kidding. Two pieces of burnt toast <laughs> oh just to give God. you a preview. So maybe that is real life. Hey, who knows? Hey, the future sucks. So maybe it does make sense. <laughs> but going back to the reality TV point, too, it does install screens in homes. That seems very standard now. Like I would walk yeah. in the window filter there it would be all automated that yeah. part's accurate but you're I right Clean up the fucking house i know they're pissed their husband died they lost his father Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the i mean job. christ you guys we we didn't talk enough about the great peter great weller wise. who just oh no peter, i mean <laughs> peter weller is such like the shrimp we're talking shrimp we're not we're not talking shrimp but i mean like Everyone knows RoboCop, but does everyone understand and appreciate the great Peter Weller for what he no. he brought to and cinema? I don't, think, I don't know. He's if a he mystery. It. He is a mystery. <laughs> he's like, an odd. He's like an odd fucking dude. He's got these steely blue eyes, and he's like an alien controlling a man's body. He's perfect for this role. His voice is so weird. He's just this yes. vessel for this character. I, right. They go hand in hand. Hand down. It's the Who defining moment of his career. And like Joel Kim. Uh, he's. <laughs> no, uh, he wasn't terrible actually. If he would have had a better script and uh, pretty good. premise, but yeah, he didn't do bad. You know, he's, he's known actor. for Buckaroo Banzai. That was like the other big thing. Even if it's you don't like the movie, you know, Naked Lunch, can... Scanners, Naked Lunch. Yeah, Scanners, that's true. But yeah, he done a few. Was he in Abyss or I can't? No, uh, no, no, but he was known for he was known for stuff. Abyss was after this anyway. Um, it was, but he doesn't have like a legacy of like legendary roles or movies that I enjoy well, him in. He's just Ro- kind of around. Robocop, Scanners. I liked him in Dexter. Yeah, I, I did Dexter, like him in that. So, didn't see Dexter. so there you go. I, I don't even like know. But I, who else would play him? Uh, imagine Sylvester time? Stallone. That'd be terrible. I need a guy who's like an everyman. He's not some ripped dude. He should be like, he shouldn't be an action star. That's why Peter Weller's perfect. He's almost like a too cerebral of a guy that makes sense for the role. It's really well done in terms of the casting. But And you do genuinely care about Murphy. Like when that's all happening to him, it's sure. fucking terrifying. And like, he seems like a really cool guy, genuine salt of the earth fella, but he's just a really odd dude. Makes for a perfect <laughs> Robocop. I've seen it too many times now to like understand that what it was like to really feel for the guy in the beginning. You're right. <laughs> I got to go way back because I'm so desensitized to it just being like fun film for me now. Mike, what is this? I did I read it right? Is this supposed to take place in like 1991 or some shit? Like when? What is this future? I thought it was just. I thought it was just present day. I unless I was mistaken. I mean, they drive four Tauruses. I don't. Oh, okay. No, it takes place in the future. It's supposed to be the future. What do you mean present day? Way future? Not way future, but it was supposed to be the fucking future. Well, I'm talking our. I'm talking our present day, like now. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's supposed to be before 2020. But I mean, oh. they don't have flat screen TVs. They didn't predict that shit. Well, I'm not saying they predicted everything, but you know, okay, look, we could talk about this movie forever. This is a great choice. Darren Schaefer <sighs> made the selection. It's a, clearly a film that holds up because Jared. it's too good not to, because yeah. it's Jesus. satirical. It comments on our uh, 
our tendencies as a society and also in our individual level, macro level. It covers everything. Corporate crime, uh, scumbags, uh, funding police. Uh, what's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? I mean, it's everywhere. It's it, it's po- Yeah, it's pointless to like try to nip, you know, or pick holes in <laughs> toxic Coke, waste, of Coke course. Yeah, waste. acid rain was a major problem. I mean, the commercials are fucking great. The the, the one liners, the fact that they constantly relay things because he could do the playback. They put these bugs yeah. in your ear in this yeah. movie, almost like in a Christopher Nolan esque way with the script. Mm-hmm. You know, like, can you do that, Dad? It replays back. Um, uh, hey, you're dead. We killed you. But he's it doing it for a reason. I mean, that's the difference. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, remember this scene. It's like. He's trying to remember. So we're yeah. also like with him a lot. That's, that's, that's the way to do it. And that's one of the beautiful things about this movie is like, Eric, you're, you're often complaining about like fat on movies. That needs yeah, to be trimmed bloat, off. There's, there's, there's no blow. There's no fat to this movie. There's nothing that Zero needs to be trimmed. This movie is so concise. Every scene it's is so, perfect. It's perfectly paced. Um, I mean, like I could, I could see someone finding it too campy or too violent. I can, I can see some people, some people not liking it. But in yeah. my opinion, this is this is a classic movie, not just a classic 80s movie, but one of the one of the the classic movies, just period. <laughs> classic movie. Wow. And we didn't even mention it too. Uh the sound is fucking great. Not the music, but like the yeah, boot stomps and the yeah. fucking gun, the way that gun sound. I used to love that gun. I still love that gun. I don't even like guns, but I love Robocop's yeah. like hand yeah. machine gun. It's I so feel cool. it too. Yeah, I don't like violence, guns, any of that machismo shit. But like, I feel it. I'm like, get pumped. It pumps me up. And it's fun. Yeah, when he first doing that target practice. Yep. With that I love it. I love that shit. Oh, shit. oh hey, I got something that we didn't mention though. Real quick before we wrap all this up, let's let's not forget that the 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 other cops in the in his department are real quick to shoot him and to shoot at Lewis once she drives off with him. <laughs> like they're yeah. like there are some cops like, hey, he's one of us, and everybody else is like, nope. Fuck this guy. We're shooting him. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Worth, yeah, worth the... noting. <laughs> I mean, we, we, it, it seems to me like a, a slight detour, but it seems to me like we cast uh, Lewis off as a side as just like someone who looked at like a dick and like fucked everything up. But this is also a pretty strong character, the salad. And we didn't have to go into whole like her like trying to convince Murphy who he really is or, or even better. Or there's, there's there's no romantic angle between her and Murphy I mean, that, at all. That's what I was yeah, that's good. getting at exactly. Oh, like there's there, there there's no need to do that. Like we can just consider this like a badass cool cop who will get like good threads and still come at you fighting. It's yeah, really solid. It's, kind of, it's in the line of like the the Ripley's of that period. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would put it with there. Anyways. No, I, I would definitely put her there. And 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 I like her. I, I like her work as an actor, and and I like the character in and uh, oh, RoboCop wow. two also because I think RoboCop two is fucking great. Yeah, I, RoboCop two is fun. It's still very fun. It's a different vibe. Uh, RoboCop three is god awful and oh, deserves trash. no credit. Oh, yeah, it's Just not a, even worth she, watching. She supposedly literally begged to be killed off on that one in case they made a fourth one. <laughs> Good, good for you, Nancy Allen. Yeah. You did great as Lewis, and you know you're right. Lewis is a character that is like prodding a few points about jogging his memory, and that's fine. But the fact that it doesn't go romantic is almost like you don't even mention it because you're so grateful for it. You don't want to spoil it. Yep. Like maybe it would change if we revealed don't it or something. Don't even mention it because it might happen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a non-issue. She, she. This is this is one of the this is one of the great things about about. Um, about her role is that this this could have easily been a man in this role this could have yep. been easily written yes, as, a, yes. as, a, as a as a male and in the in, a, in the 80s with an action movie it would have been no yeah. one would have batted in the eye yeah 
Um, and but I'm going to give Verhoeven credit. I think maybe yeah, I probably yeah, made that. Happen. And, and even the way well, that men and women, it, but... men and women work together. I mean, Christ, fuck movies because there's so many men and female <laughs> yeah, relationships. Never do this again. In, in an occupation where there's not even the slightest hint of a sexual connection relationship. It's just have two people be friends, respect each other, and not have to like oh be tempted to do this or that it's just a shit they hardly know each other he gets killed on his first day on the job <laughs> yeah he yeah. does that is don't turn true. that emotional connection into something sexual just for the sake yeah. of a fucking movie just be yeah. responsible yeah i agree excellent that's a good place to wrap up officially our we'll longest there. episode ever wrap it's up the longest episode ever. let's true. talk about man what the fuck Robocops, man? uh we got you know it deserves hey guys, it. We had a- does it hold up <laughs> oh jesus you guys robocop uh yeah so robocop holds up we love the movie it's yeah, great it's a robocop. classic we'll watch it till we die we and it. hopefully maybe they'll uh try we again with a remake and they'll do it right i'd be down to see it again i really would i would, I w- I would give it a shot oh, if, I, I would like i mean the ro- the direction they took didn't work so I, i'd hope that it wouldn't be the same people but i would be willing to see someone else pick up this 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 and and, and run with it it's a property that is bankable, you know, or IP yeah. is the word these yeah. days, right? The yeah. phrase, Try recasting uh, Clarence Bodiger. Kurtwood Smith can't uh, do it. The first tough. person that comes to mind is, uh, uh, um, shit. There's some Walter, Bill Hader talk online. I don't know shit. Walter White, there's what's Bill, his name? There's some Bill Hader talk Cranston? online. Brian Cranston? Yeah, Br- Brian Cranston is the first person that comes to mind. That's an excellent Cause, choice. Because he like could be that. funny and scary at the same time. That is actually... That really fits into my brain. Yeah, I like that. Good call. Uh, yeah, so we'd like to see it again. This is a property that should be making money. You know, people love money in Hollywood or whatever. Oh, so I love I money too. I, I, I like, like money. I, I'm not a money fan. Never have. No, so <laughs> that's it. The 79 Pod. We'll wrap up episode 28. Thank you for the email, Derek. Thank you for participating in the listener's choice. Everybody who made a selection, even if you didn't get nominated. Thank you. Was it Darren Schaefer? Is that what you said? Darren Schaefer. That is correct. Darren. Darren Schaefer. We now follow him on Twitter. Thank you, Darren. I assume you're a male. I said him. I don't know. I should double check his bio. Might be him, him, he, he. I don't know. Anyways, all I care about is the fact that this movie was fun to talk about. The QSAC talk was great. The suggestions yeah. were wonderful. And uh, next week, we'll have a choice as uh, we turn it over to Travis Roy. Holy shit. out the show. Oh my God. Well, as Mike mentioned, uh, Halloween is coming up, and I felt like uh, it would be a good idea to do uh, a horror movie. But I didn't really, you know, I didn't pick a pick a proper horror movie last time. I, I, I mean, Interview with the Vampire is a great horror movie, but it's a horror drama, and I'm not picking yeah. exactly a horror movie this time either. I'm kind of hoping that Eric will, um, because but I am picking a Halloween themed movie, and what I'm going with is 1994's The Crow. Focus, focus. Oh, the, the crow. crow! Oh my God, yes! We're I've been waiting for this one the so much to talk about. Man, this we're movie, back to the '90s. What do you know? This, yeah, what do you know? We're going back to the '90s. But this movie for me was one that, uh, like lots of ones that we've talked about, was one that I just internalized the fuck out of. Watched it so much for two years, and then the Crow Two: City of Angels came out. It was so bad. I've not watched it since for like two years straight. I watched that movie like once a week. And I've not watched it since 1996. So I'm ready to watch it again and talk about it with you guys. This is a perfect choice for this category. Everyone loved this. That's all anyone could possibly talk about. Brandon Lee, Alex Proyas, the soundtrack. You nailed it. I cannot fucking wait. The soundtrack. I've listened to the soundtrack way more oh, than I've actually. Yeah. I've actually never sat through the whole film. So. Oh, really? I, mean, I, I know it. 
Yeah. I've watched part of it. I have watched part of it. I got some Ernie Hudson action to talk about again in his his fine work. Much more familiar with the soundtrack. <laughs> so. The soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks of all time, and we've oh, already discussed right. it. We've I already discussed it on the show. I'm I'm happy to yeah. discuss it again because it, it's worth repeating. It's worth talking about. But in in terms of uh, Halloween movies, this this movie takes place on Devil's Night. Yep. Takes oh. place in Detroit. Um, oh. it, it seems like a well fit, a good a good fit for uh, for our show. This is a perfect oh, choice. Great. I'm, I'm excited to watch it and jump in. So next week, 1994's The Crow. We will find out, does it hold up? And uh, as always, thanks for listening to the show. Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com. Cinema 9 Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're there. Give us your messages. Let us know what you thought of this episode. And we will catch you next week. Thank you. Bitches leave. <laughs>